Hello. This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by David, who is one of our patrons. Uh, you, too, can patronize us at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Um, I do not want to turn to a goal made of excuses, but I am once again having a little bit of problem with my plosives. Uh, in my defense, we recorded this, and I'm editing it on election day, and I didn't sleep. Uh, so please be kind to your soft uh, podcaster about uh, his mic technique when he was barely holding it together. And please be kind to people like David. And hopefully see you on the other side. Thank you. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Uncharted Waters 2 New Horizons, which is a simulation game created by Koei uh, for the SNES, Genesis, and PC in 1994. Our first Koei joint. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This episode was executive produced by David, who you may remember from the Lords of Magic episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, David bringing us pc ass games <laughs> in 2020 which i love yeah i appreciate um i do have the sense uh perhaps that uh david was thinking about the pc version of this but i think that we both played the SNES version so they're very similar um and in fact yeah. the pc version is considered to be a little bit of a downgrade uh oh, yeah. for, for 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 a number of reasons is is based on what i is is what i have seen so. There's one element of the combat that is more strategic and complicated mm-hmm. in the PC version, which we'll talk about. Uh, that is the only thing I can think of that we're missing. And in exchange for that, we got really nice music mm-hmm. and a lot of user interface stuff. It's also worth noting uh, that the SNES version of this is the, the superior version. There's a weird thing that happens with the <laughs> Genesis version, yeah. uh, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this game, you play as one of six protagonists setting sail in 1522. You are finding fame and fortune in the high seas via various meters. Yes. Uh, This is a crunchy, stat-heavy game. Uh, Incredibly systems-based. So uh, our usual... Koei. Famous for AeroBiz. So our usual kind of approach is probably not going to to cut it here for this one. This is going to be an episode probably a little bit more similar to like our Frostpunk episode. Or even Lords of Magic. Our Lords of Magic episode. Yeah. 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 yeah, When you do these kind of things, it's good. I think the lesson that we have is like, don't do these for premiums because they're hard Mm -hmm. to split. Yes. But I think they they make uh, make fine epos. Yeah. I love... Love the uh, I love the challenge of mixing up the um, mixing up the approach, and also like, had you heard of this game before playing before uh, David sent it across our way here, Gary? Heard of, but not 
having not played. Gotcha. I had never heard so. of it. Um, and I imagine that might be the case for lots of folks. This is cool. Um, and to uh, yeah, learn yeah. that this stuff is happened was happening on the console, uh, in 1994 is kind of ridiculous. So this is kind of a, a real waff as a service is how I'm looking at this too. Yeah, it's incredibly cool. And yeah. this is a, a rare uh, watch out for fireballs where this is a recommended game that also you should listen to the episode because mm-hmm. we're going to explain how to do stuff. Yes. Uh, in it and that's basically the hump you have to get over mm-hmm. um this is something where like i did come to really like this it outstayed its welcome for me in kind of a big bad way yeah um similar you know kind of you know one lives forever mm-hmm. and marathon too a little bit like this that's kind of this month is like stuff i like <laughs> but you know you like donuts do you like that, that's kind of been november uh, which makes sense for thanksgiving yeah, yeah um you know but the uh so that's kind of how this felt um, but having, getting over the growing pains of learning these systems, mm-hmm. will probably make that stuff go down smoother oh. uh, for you. And also if you're not playing it, uh, to try to get everything, mm-hmm. um, this could be a fine hangout game. Yeah. Um, weirdly, the closest thing this is to what we've done in the catalog is Starflight. Yes. Uh, this is not unlike Starflight. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's some, some serious differences, but that I think is, uh, probably its closest relative in the WAF canon. Yeah. Um, you know, so we're going to change things up. We're going to talk about the development and then we're going to go into a deep dive on the systems. There are six campaigns in this, um, and each of them is pretty long, so we couldn't do all of them, but we are going to talk about, um, one of them kind of considered to be the main character that uh, draws everything together. Uh, uh, Zhao. Yeah. Well, they're long and they're, uh, largely bereft of incident yep (laughs) like the uh jow is the one that is the most story heavy Mm -hmm. and then the other stories intersect with with his or don't and they're very abbreviated Mm -hmm. and there are stories uh there's one of the characters here where like literally the plot information is just every once in a while your teammates cheering you on (laughs) and then you get married to one of them at the end yeah uh and that that's it like there's nothing to talk about here i think the plot section of this will actually be quite breezy because Mm -hmm really this the bulk of this game uh similar to you know when you're playing starflight how a lot of that is mining and upgrading your ship mm-hmm. most of the time you spend in this game is engaging with these systems yeah uh it's a little grind heavy mm-hmm. um the grind is interesting and and there's a couple of different grinds you're doing but uh you're spending most of your time with that not most of your time advancing the plot and what's there as far as plot is uh charitably dumb uh, like <laughs> it's pretty the, yeah. the, the, you know the new atlantis stuff here uh, mm-hmm. you know if you tell me about new atlantis okay i, I mean uh, you're, you're already set starting some high expectations for that yeah you're you know? starting pretty high on new atlantis yeah all right yeah. i'm coming in with a lot Don't of benefit think, of the doubt yeah i want to i want to see an undersea kingdom mm-hmm. you know uh, I, I don't want it, you know, just to be guys that already exist. Yeah. What if it's, what if it's, yeah. what if it's just some people, uh, trying to circumvent the treaty of Tordesillas? Yeah. I, I am, I'm less interested in that. I, I'm a little um, interested in the treaty of Tordesillas, but yeah, this is, uh, this is also a, like your loving it Cole episode, but with <laughs> like absolute poison, like this is designed to make kids fail history classes. Yep. <laughs> it is full of anachronisms and monsters and non-history, but there's mm-hmm. just a little bit of factualness in it. Yeah. Enough yeah. to really fuck you up. Yeah. And uh, then like, it's so. it, like, like a lot of this is geography, but the geography is extremely fucked up. To, yeah, yeah to it's a just really year. wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh it's very funny. Like it, it's yeah. the educational value of this is incredibly dubious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it takes uh, equally as long to, uh, to 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 sail around the rim of of uh, Antarctica as it does to sail around the equator. That that shouldn't yeah. be. 
No, that's not right. I never Cater's a, right a character in this, but I didn't know yeah. that the entire you game can't, was you based can't on kill this him. projection. Yeah. You can't step on his neck and make him do better. <laughs> you know, it's like as much as you might want to. One of history's ultimate greatest nerds. Yeah. You know, it's him and, and Noah Webster. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, so let's uh, let, let's go into it. So this is part of Koei's. Um, I, I have no no idea how to pronounce this. Recoation. Recoation. Re- re- recoation. Uh, it, it depends mm-hmm. on pronouncing both Koei and uh, recreation incorrectly to make that work. But it's a portmanteau, yeah. supposed to be a portmanteau of Koei and recreation. Koei kind of being this developer who makes really crunchy strategy games strategy and simulation um nabunaga's ambition romance of the three kingdoms yeah uh part of the games in this line kind of like take their strengths and then add in like role-playing elements Mm -hmm. yeah uh the first game in the series came out in 1991 on the nes and msx uh you played just as one character in that a portuguese uh noble named leon franco Mm mm-hmm um, and that one was pretty simpler compared to even this one. Um, it was primarily mm-hmm. about doing trade routes, uh, and gaining favor with the King of Portugal. Like your goal was to raise your Royal rank so you could marry into the family and stuff like that. Uh, combat and explanation or an exploration were, uh, de-emphasized, um, yes. compared to what we would get here. Yeah. And this, uh, the second game, New Horizons is the much more ambitious complex follow-up. Yes. Um, so we're going to talk about, you know, most of the mechanics we talk about are only evident in the sequel. This is one of those, uh, sequels that is widely considered to obviate the original. Right. Um, so, you know, the, uh, we have the ability to choose from six different playable characters. Um, these have their own stories and perspectives, but most importantly, they have each have their own goals that play into these different systems. Mm-hmm. So as they added, you know, exploration as a more quantized thing, there's an exploration character. Mm-hmm. You know, they as they added combat, there's a combat character. Yeah. You know, uh, so basically you kind of choose which way you want to play the game. And the character we're talking about is kind of the Mario who does a little bit of all the things. Yes. Yeah. Um, so one thing about this, as we mentioned, we were playing the SNES version. One thing that you're going to get there is, um, very good music. Uh, it's mm-hmm. incredibly earwormy. The one exception to this is the song that plays in Istanbul and other, uh, ports in the, um, Ottoman empire, which is just the uh, four note loop going over again. Just no, no. However, the rest of it, very good composed by Yoko Kano. Uh, worked on a few Koei games, but uh, kind of is prominently known for being a composer for anime, composed music for Cowboy Bebop. Uh, that is an mm-hmm. anime that has good music. So thumbs mm-hmm. up. <laughs> yeah. uh, most most known for uh, since we're playing the Jiao campaign, mm-hmm. Jiao's theme, uh, Wholesale rips off Allentown by Billy Joel. <laughs> uh, it's actionably. Yep. Like, it's not just the chords, it's also the melody. <laughs> and <laughs> playing this game is a good way to have Allentown stuck in your head for a week and a half. Yeah. Um, I also, uh, even though I don't love it, the uh, the bar music, mm-hmm. I end up getting really stuck in my head a lot Yeah. Uh, in this game. But it's all pretty good, especially Allentown. <laughs> yeah, Allentown. Allentown is a good song anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Yoko Kano just really was like, yeah, you know what's a good song? Allentown. <laughs> uh, and just, it's, it's a, I mean, I... 
I'm editing this. I'll put in a comparison. Please like, do. I don't like giving myself extra editing work, but we're recording this on election day <laughs> and I want to have busy work. Yeah. So yeah. I will I will put in a literal comparison between Allentown and Zhao's theme. So even though this is the uh, entry in the series that people look back on fondly, at least here in the West, uh, don't mistake that for this game getting a fawning reception. Kind of got the same uh, the, the the same sideways glance that a lot of Koei stuff on um, console got. Uh, just for kind of being an awkward fit. People called it boring. People called it slow. Um, and then there were other reviewers who were like, yeah, this is like (laughs) for a game that pretends to be about history. The history is real bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all the, all the facts in this are pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's not, it's not educational Mm -hmm. and like, it's weird because they're right. Yep. Like the historical and geographical inaccuracies. True. Mm -hmm. It is slow and kind of boring. Yeah. But there's a lot of pleasure in that. If you're a a certain type of gamer type of, you know, psychographic. Yes. Yeah. So they have, it's a rhythm, a relaxing rhythm. They have uh, a point, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah, and Johnny cracked corn. Mm-hmm. I couldn't care less. Like, like this was like this was great. I just I this plugged, is news. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Todd smells um, <laughs> extra extra Johnny cracked corn. Yeah, a source on this. <laughs> but no, this was. I mean, you know, that slowness was kind of a little bit of a blessing because I just plugged in my Wii U in my bedroom and. Played it on the gamepad. It just sprawled out on the bed. It was it was good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it is a kind of thing that uh, you can kind of understand why this would go down sideways, though, because it yeah. wasn't what people were playing console games for mm-hmm. um, at the time. And this was my experience with Koei in general: was me picking up their games because I'd look at the back and it would look like a JRPG. Yes. Um, you know, you'd see numbers and you'd see cute sprites, and then they don't play like that, though. Mm-hmm. There's a they're an order of magnitude more complicated. Yeah. Um, so New Horizons is the last proper Uncharted Waters game released in America. Uh, in Japan and East Asia, the series continued to cater to this kind of smaller cult audience with versions for PC and mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, you know, that ties into, there's a feeling when you play this game of like, oh, this has probably been optimized. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, there, there's, there's huge optimization problems in the experience of playing this. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, oh, I want to play the spiritual successor of this or the most recent fan patch of the most recent version to see what the smoothest version of this is. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, there, there's one that is like a, a spiritual successor to this does not take place in uh, our world. It's like a fantasy kind of thing, but it's, uh, got a lot of the same systems along with kind of a more, a more robust, like, um, like monster combat kind of thing called horizons gate that came out earlier this year on, uh, on steam. Mm-hmm. I picked that up cause that looks badass. Um, this barely takes place in our world, Cole. <laughs> okay. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, 
I mean, just you know, that, like, I, my, my my crew is set on fire multiple times <laughs> by phoenixes. There, 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 there is a certain amount of joy of having somebody say, "Oh, go to Bordeaux," and like, "Oh, I know where Bordeaux is," and you go to Ralphie where Bordeaux seems like it's going to be, and then Bordeaux is there, and then the teacher inside your head gives you a, a gold star sticker for being a good boy. I, I no, I know. I'm glad you said it instead of me because. <laughs> That that's that's what I was gonna say. Well, uh, this is uh, well, no, this is just activating your uh, your teacher points. Evaluate me, like that, me. That's what you're talking about. I'm smart yeah, and smart, like, and never so, so good. Smart. <laughs> yeah. uh, so if you got that, yeah, uh-huh. uh huh. This, this is a good game for you because if yeah. you like geography, as kind of a quiz thing where you basically have to, it's kind of a perfect game for geography. Yeah, because you don't have to know exactly. Mm-hmm. You don't have to know anything about the place. Yeah. You have to roughly do the end Just, of Carmen San Diego. <laughs> it's it's very good if your understanding of geography is like mine, where you have a rough idea of where things are in relation to other things. Yes. <laughs> oh. Um. Yeah. I, the the, uh, the spiritual successor of that sounds fun to me, mm-hmm. and also I'm sure that there are uh, like you know Uncharted Waters Five or what have you probably has a fan yeah patch because this this kind of game is the kind of thing that is like catnip for series weirdos like people yeah, who just yeah. get really really into a, a niche series yeah it just uh it, it generates enthusiasm and enthusiasm yeah. enthusiastic people like to work yeah yeah um uh, uh you know so after they did their single player ones it kind of moved over to online uh there was an uncharted waters mmo that released in 2005 it actually came over here i think in like 2010 Something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's done kind of the same thing that a lot of MMOs have done, where it just kind of goes from publisher to publisher. It's still online today. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's like a free-to-play kind of thing. Um, and in 2018, a Korean uh, company called Line announced a remake of New Horizons, kind of as an MMO, kind of, you know, using some of the same characters and stuff. But that has not been released as of yet. Mm. I don't want to play this well, online. The- I don't like the. I, I like the isolation. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the, the online, the website for it is, is uh, uwo.payapayaplay. <laughs> um, uh, it doesn't matter. Papaya Play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's Papaya Play. Mm-hmm. So that's who that's who owns it now. Yeah. Oh, man, there's a titty witch on the Of course the there front is. Page too. So, it's yeah, Korean it's, MMO, it's that, dude. <laughs> that, that's the kind of thing we're moving into. Yeah. These tips are not in the geographically correct place. Like, I'm hardly <laughs> learning anything about dit geography from this dude. Like, <laughs> they're going to be so abstract. I need to mercator this. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Uh, so when you uh, start this game, um, you have from the years 1522 to 1554 to complete your hitter's mission, or you get a non-standard game over where you're too old to sail. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though one of your guys starts out old. It starts uh, out like 70 can... years old. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you have, you have 32 years of sailing ahead of you mm-hmm. at max, but it won't take that long. Yeah. Uh, so your six characters are divided into three separate categories, uh, kind of explorers uh, or adventurers, pirates and traders. Uh, not, not like Benedict Arnold, but traitor like Joe. Um, Mm -hmm. and their stories progress when they raise the kind of fame that is associated with their type. So you have trade, piracy, and, uh, adventure. Uh, all of these are raised by doing things related to those. And we'll talk to them. And those are, you know, the broad categories for things that you do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we both played as Jao, Jao Mm -hmm. Franco. 
who is from Portugal. Uh, he's an explorer class. Uh, he is a Portuguese noble. His father kicks him out of his house saying, you need to learn to sail and be a man and find the secret of Atlantis before I'll quarter you in my home again, uh, which is dark. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, and it's, we're going to get into of, a lot of that story. It's part of like a, like a 20 year long gambit to stick it to a political rival. It's very funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, it's, it's so weird. Like the, the, the time scale these things are working for where mm-hmm. everyone like there's a lot of people who say well it's going to take years mm-hmm. and in the real world when that happens that's a way of saying no yeah yeah you know like if you were like <laughs> hey can you pass me that ketchup i'm like ah, it's gonna take a couple of years man uh but in, the, in this in this game everyone's just like no i can wait uh-huh like you know that sounds good to me and it, it's very weird like time has no value on the high seas uh is real is the real thing that you learn from this yeah Oh, uh, another character you can play as is uh, Ernst von Bohr. Uh, 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 he's of Holland. He's an explorer. Uh, he's the one whose goal is to uh, map 90% of the world, and he works directly under Mercator. Uh, so, you know, yeah. we're more like Ernst von Boring, am I right? It's actually fun yeah, to uncover the map in this. <laughs> yeah. It would just, if you just want to do that, yeah. this is the relaxing uh, non combat thing. And there are a lot of different, you know, we're going to talk about this, but like, part of the nature of this game is there are tons of different ways to play it, Mm -hmm. which is really neat. Uh, So your priorities are entirely different if this is what you're doing, because you don't, uh, your ships can be built for speed Mm -hmm. and low cargo because you're exploring. Mm -hmm. Like you don't need to do a lot of trading. You just need to trade to resupply. Yeah. Um, Catalina Aranzo of Spain. She is a pirate. Uh, She defects from the Spanish Navy to pursue revenge on the deaths of her brother and fiance. Uh, Her story is highly intertwined, intertwined into Zhao's story. So we'll be dealing with uh, Catalina a lot. Yeah. Uh, She spends a lot of time being knocked out by Rocco and put into sacks and left in the storeroom of stores. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And stalking you. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of just like uncanny, just showing up in the same port on another side of the world and you are it's kind of like uh it's kind of kind of like uh blue or gary and uh in pokemon like i ah, sure. stip shit again oh yep. uh there's otto baines whose uh mission i don't understand at all uh this is another pirate <laughs> yeah it's just to fuck over the spanish yeah yeah uh, yeah he's england and and this is to show privateers this is to show uh the legitimate yeah. Of, of piracy mm-hmm. and your your goal is to destroy the spanish navy and it's unrelated to all the other plots in the game it, it, like Otto does not show up <laughs> yep yeah Otto is is weird Otto and ernst are both like just kind of little islands uh-huh uh in this to explore like just combat or just exploration ernst is the one who discovers new atlantis and sends the note to uh our oh, nerd over yeah. in japan yeah yeah but he's, he's barely there <laughs> he's just mentioned like, yeah know, yeah, he's just mentioned. Whereas Otto is not mentioned at all. And it's possible, like, you, he can be, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, this game has that big simulation feeling where, like, maybe if I went over to England at a certain time and, like, mm-hmm. declared allegiance. Like, if yeah. you want to, you can become an English citizen and I could, like, beca- end this game as, like, an English duke instead of a Portuguese duke if I wanted to. Uh, maybe then you run into Otto, but yeah, I yeah. didn't. So. Yep. Uh, maybe you can see him because, like, as ships pass you by, you can take a look and see who's captaining them, captaining them and stuff. Yeah. And some yeah. are random and some are some are not. So mm-hmm. uh, Pietro Conti is from Italy. Uh, he's an explorer and treasure hunter. His father left him a tremendous debt. Mm-hmm. He has to pay off through uh, finding treasures. And he's like a setzer. 
Character? Yeah, he's uh, a set, he's a setzer type character who's um <laughs> who's portrait thing. It, well, it, yeah, that's good. I like that. <laughs> uh, no, his his portrait and like the way he talks is just Han Solo. Yeah, yeah, big big uh, big Han Solo energy. <laughs> uh, he also figures into our story. Yes, um, the final one is Ali Vesas. He is from the Ottoman Empire. He's a merchant who kind of gains control of this merchant ship and he wants to make as much money as possible. So like he's the character who is uh, trading, you know, mm-hmm. the goal, the, you know, your goal is to kind of uh, invest in as, as many ports as possible and do missions where you run goods. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like that's a cool uh, goal. Yeah. So. Um, also shows up in our story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you pick the character, which determines your starting location, your broad goals, your starting equipment. Um, the different characters have different starting stats and abilities as well. Uh, access to different mates, uh, which are your, your teammates, your party members. Mm-hmm. And this, you have different abilities. We're going to talk about the stats and abilities here in a moment. Um, some of those you can learn, some of which are exclusive. Yes. So. Yeah. Um, and when you get into the game, what you will notice is this looks an awful lot like Final Fantasy IV. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it plays very similarly. Like, you are playing from a top-down perspective. When you're in towns, you know, you're... A little sprite moving on tiles when you're on the world map, you know, you might as well be a, mm-hmm. a boat going between Mesidia and Baron, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you did, the big difference is you can't really go on land. Right. Um, you know, you're either in town or on sea, and the only towns that count are on the coast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when you're doing this, you just press in the direction. It's pretty intuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, your mobility is determined by your ship stats and your crew allocation. Uh, which we're going to get into. Um, I want to spend a moment uh, convetching about how there's how slow this can be. Yeah, <laughs> uh, to get around, it's a weird thing where that is part of the appeal. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a, a thing. There's like a, a it makes me think of Wind Waker discourse where like the appeal of the sailing in that was that it was like relaxing and kind of tranquil. Yeah, but then there's a dose makes the poison kind of element to it. Mm-hmm. And with here, the the big thing that is like not a verbal flaw, but is I think a real way to easily improve this is to make the auto navigate a fast travel. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to watching your ship take a poorly optimized route there in real time. Mm-hmm. Like what if fast travel is you press the button and your character in Fallout 3 just walked somewhere. Yeah. That's what the, fa- that's what the auto navigate is. Yeah. It stops you from having to look at the map, but it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty frustrating. And like near the end, when you're literally just going back and forth between you know, Japan, <laughs> going back and forth between the east and and the west, it is uh, it's maddening. Yes. Um, I kind of lost my mind a little bit, and it's a bummer because I do like this game and mm-hmm. I really admire it. But like, boy, I was pissed. Uh, I was sick of doing it. <laughs> I, I think um, that like technically, you know, so technically, what they're hitting up against probably is that they they have to do the simulation in real time. Because of the SNES or something like that, because what you would want is, okay, fade out and then like come back up if there's an incident along the way, like, oh, there's a storm or, oh, somebody attacks us or, you know, like, or even just kind of like, oh, there's, there's a, there's a hostile fleet nearby maneuver to get around them, you know, and stuff like that. That's what you would want. But that, like, that implies that they possibly could do an off screen simulation of what was going on. Um, well, and there's also like weird like economies that are going in the background and stuff. Yes. Like there's a time system. All the other ships are moving independently. Mm-hmm. I get that, and there is yeah, a way yeah. to speed up, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's not. Uh, it ended up being a thing that it was a, a big exhibit in me wanting a more optimized version of this game. Yes, yeah. So I I want that. I want I want what you want as well. 
I'm offering more of an explanation than an excuse. I think it's a limitation yeah. of the time. For sure. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it ended up hurting. Yeah. My experience a lot. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Yeah. Is that point it's where word. that point where it's like, ah, we're, we're, you know, we've, we've made the long voyage to Japan, drop somebody off. Let's go back around. Cool. And then I, you get I, back I, and there's, there's a letter saying, Hey, come back to Japan. I need to tell you something. It's crazy. <laughs> I, it made me, I want to put a gun to Mercator's head and say, invent a fucking cell phone nerd. Yeah. Or I'm going to map your brains all over the fucking floor. <laughs> like I'm going to make it close <laughs> casket. Like just, <laughs> Like do better. Hey, Mercator, if you don't go and dig the Suez Canal yourself, uh, I'm yeah. going to give you a dental record beatdown, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be an elephant man. <laughs> so oh, yeah, geez. I just I really I've never wanted carrier pigeons or something mm-hmm. more in this game, which you could do. Yep. Like there's there's no like they had to do the simulation, but <laughs> they allow time to pass when you stay in an inn. And things can happen during that time. So there's nothing like, there's nothing like, couldn't like wait for a letter or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, I have like, nobody has to tell these things, people, these things in person. Right. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about your fleet uh, mates, which are your, uh, your crew members. Mm-hmm. Um, your flagship is captained by your main character. And then you get to pick three mates that fill three particular positions. Yeah. So you get your first mate. Um, this is the one who enables the really bad fast travel. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you have to uh, you have to have the celestial navigation skill. But if you select a port, you will auto sail uh, to that place, even if it is on the other side of the world. Um, yes. It looks like so. What I think that, another thing that I think is happening when you auto sail and like if they if they basically go what seems to be the least efficient route. I think they're mm-hmm. trying to give the impression that like they're optimizing for the wind or the current or something. And you, <laughs> you a dummy mm-hmm. trying to sail a direct line between two things that that's that's actually not the right way to do it. I think they're tricking us. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't care about the effort of these invisible people. <laughs> like, if this, if this were real and it was me and, like, 20 of my friends, mm-hmm. like, if we did, like, you know, Duck Fest at Sea, and, you know, me, you, and Jeremy Greer and Brayton Will had to do this, uh-huh. I would care about the easiest possible way to do it. Yeah. Um, I will throw away as many of these lives as possible to make this happen faster <laughs> because they're mm-hmm. fake and they're cheap. Yes. Um, yeah, this is not a game that inspires empathy. <laughs> uh, you also have a bookkeeper. Um, so your bookkeeper will tell you whether the price, uh, you pay for goods is too high or low. This is incredibly useful. Mm-hmm. Um, I l- really like this reflection of a negotiation skill. Yes. Like just somebody aside being like, now nah, they could, you know, they could pay this much. And mm-hmm. then they're like, okay, you know, I know you can, you could sell it for this much and still make a profit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. That's great. Yeah. Um, they'll also tell you which ports are buying goods at favorable prices. Uh, mm-hmm. if they have the accounting skill. Um, and a captain or a bookkeeper with a negotiation skill will identify the lowest price a vendor will, a vendor will sell an item for. Yeah. So uh, they'll tell you whether you're buying too high. They'll also say, hey, you can get this price. Yeah. And it's always like if they if they identify it, it will always be what they uh, what they will go for. Um, mm-hmm. And at that point, I just want to be like, I wish there was a button that was, you know, buy it for this price as opposed to going in and entering the amount manually. Um, oh, I mean, we're going to have to camp out on menu taxes on this yeah. at some point. Like, it's it's part of a grand catamari of shit. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not a horrible flaw, but you spend a lot of time in menus yeah. doing things. Like, selling ships that you... Any game where, like... And this isn't unique to this game, but, like, mm-hmm. if you have a loot, like, you get a valuable thing. Yeah. And the pain of picking it up and selling it feels less, 
worth it than like the price you get for it yeah you fucked up <laughs> uh and this game continuously did that where it, it's like i do not want to sell all these ships it's the uh it's it, it's it's the video game version of that uh, I, I, maybe it's a myth but it's like it's not worth it to bend down and pick up a penny because you'll expend more than one cent's worth of uh calories in order to yeah. make that happen yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, or or just like you know spending all day endorsing like 10 cent checks yeah yeah you know or something like that like oh i got 400 checks for for 10 to 15 cents like i guess that's worth it mm-hmm. you know i want 40 bucks fuck you yeah. know but it just it just takes forever and it's that's when you get a stamp or an optimized version of this game um made yeah, by that's fans when you get a stamp or a computer <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> like this is like this plays on yeah um so you know. Yeah, uh, just as, as assume that 95% of the things that we're talking about has way too much friction associated with it. Yeah, big menu mode. Yes. Uh, and finally, you get your chief navigator. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so yeah. this is weird because there's chief navigators and then just any unassigned mate, uh, unassigned mate will uh, will become a, a, a navigator. Unassigned isn't a word. Um, and <laughs> like this is the part of the crew that helps like spot ports and villages uh on the coast spot incoming ships and stuff like that the chief navigator will gain their experience more um uh more quickly what Mm -hmm. you don't want is to have a bunch of mates that are sitting around being navigators you want them either piloting ships or you want them off of your payroll yeah because uh you want them to get better yeah Uh, and not just be a drain (laughs) Mm -hmm. um the way you get mates uh is at cafes um you talk to them you buy them drinks and you offer them jobs um each mate has a recruitment criteria which is determined by your experience level um so if you don't have the right stats they won't do it Mm -hmm. you can sometimes kind of talk them down if you just check in with them enough uh Mm -hmm. you can get them to hire you they'll also give you intelligence on other mates so there's a lot of rumor mongering about like (laughs) i hear there are no good sailors in ibiza (laughs) shade (laughs) yeah write a diss track about it brother um (laughs) Yeah, it's very funny. But you doing this talk and stuff will eventually make people uh, warm mm-hmm. up to you. Yeah. Gossip is a huge part of this game. Uh for for getting actual for for getting info about where about where stuff is. I wish that there was mm-hmm. a little bit more of uh in, an indication in their responses about like what you need to do to get this person because like it runs a gamut. There there are like yeah. beginning mates and there are, you know, kind of expert mates uh mm-hmm. in terms of the requirements for them. And usually when I, you know, when I went to them and said, Hey, do you want to work for me? They're like, mm, your ship? No. Yeah. Like, is it, is, is it something about my ship? Do I need a nicer ship or do I need a better navigating level? Yeah. Yeah. It would be really good to have more feedback on that. Yeah. Um, the, uh, sometimes you have to un- unemploy them. Um, a mate <laughs> is out and he has his own ship and his own dreams and you mm-hmm. have to scuttle, uh, their fleet, um, and leave them jobless. And then, yeah. then they'll hit the cafe uh and you can then require you can recruit them from depression you were you were the daddy but now you're my son get on my boat <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> okay so, say say goodbye to uncle reg <laughs> you know it, it's it's that kind of thing yeah. uh that you do to them it's a real power um, move <laughs> super power move uh they draw salary at the beginning of each month and the uh, mates that aren't assigned to these key positions can be used as captains for additional ships in your fleet mm-hmm. yeah so, you know, the, like th- that is useful if you're going to be doing a bunch of combat, selling the ships that you get from that is a main, you know, a, a really good way to get a bunch of money 
Uh, you just have to have mm-hmm. uh, captains who can pull the who can pull the ships out of the wreckage. Basically, mm-hmm. um, there's a, a a pretty intricate loyalty system in this. Mates who aren't paid enough or who work in bad conditions, sailing for too long. If you you know sail with too little food, if you give them give them bad rations, don't pay them enough, etc. They will get disloyal and leave. Or sometimes mm-hmm. they will turn sides on you in a battle. <laughs> I have not yeah. had that happen, but I read about that, and boy, would that suck. It's interesting mm-hmm. for sure. Even though battles do end up, I don't know how you end up doing battles in this, but Ramming I can count speed. the number of like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, just I literally dueled, yeah, everybody, uh, and the, uh, the I can count the number of battles I did that were like traditional ship battles mm-hmm. with one hand. I yeah. almost always just made a beeline to try to duel the other opposing captain as soon as I could. Yeah, you had to kind of wear down their fleet to do it, but mm-hmm. uh, did that as soon as I could. Yeah. Um. So the mates have uh, various abilities and skills. Um, and, uh, these things, you know, they're numerous, there are tons of them. They're governed by, uh, levels and experience. Yes. So like, and there are two broad category categories. So like there's navigation levels, which, and, you know, covers everything that you do moving around in your ship. And there are battle levels, which govern the stats related to ranged and up close combat. So ranged combat and dual combat. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of this, there's charm. Mm-hmm. Um, this is affected by your actions and this determines your prices at the item shop. Yeah. So if you're going around and like plundering village, plundering villages, your uh, reputation won't get around. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, if you're a dick, people are not going to want to cut you any deals. Yeah. But if you throw people, if you throw <laughs> the poor villagers ships rations until they give you their treasures, uh-huh. uh, then your reputation will go up. Yep. Yeah. You can have the Taj Mahal. Yeah. <laughs> you have so much a hard tack. Um, <laughs> salted beef (laughs) oh boy oh man scraps (laughs) um Uh, but yeah the the, skills are powerful and expensive yes uh this tens of thousands Um, of gold uh usually to learn them if you go to a specialized building yeah um but they are very powerful it's useful to have Mm -hmm. um we mentioned celestial navigation um which uh allows for auto sailing which sucks but it makes general navigation faster which is good yeah uh cartography which isn't so much a skill but it's like a license that you get to sell your mapping data uh this like is learning worth... a skinning <laughs> skill in like witcher or something yeah yeah you know or um, too when you learn how to skin geckos no matter what uh do this either go to um uh bordeaux or uh, not bordeaux either go to amsterdam or barcelona um in order to uh, apprentice to a cartographer uh you will make your money back by just going mm-hmm. back to them every once in a while and saying that shit dude i found irkutsk mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yep here's a map right uh gunnery which uh you know increases your range combat uh and then accounting and negotiation which uh you know turns your uh turns your uh, bookkeeper into somebody who can help you with uh with transactions you want to get both of those mm-hmm. the problem with negotiation is that cannot be learned if you're playing with as Zhao uh he comes with it naturally so that also makes it a little bit of a a little bit of an easy mode um he just automatically knows the lowest price for any item yeah it's like it's it's like the dead zone but very specific (laughs) (laughs) he touches Um, the salted beef (laughs) 19 19 gold per barrel (laughs) (laughs) um so uh your general crew um, each ship can be staffed by just general crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, you hire these people at cafes. Yeah. Uh, and you can uh, treat 
quote unquote people in the cafe to the local specialty, which raises the number of recruits you can pull each day and lowers their in-person cost. Yeah. Uh, this is thinly veiled, like buying rounds of drinks. Yes. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, our specialty is our fruit juice in Northern yeah, Italy. It's- you yeah. Know. yeah it's a it's a real super nintendo mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah uh but you know that's the way to increase your pull basically like uh the number of mates that you, or the number of crew that you can pull in um by just standing up on a table and saying who wants to get on a boat uh, yeah <laughs> uh, that number will go up depending on the economy of of the of the port that you're in um mm-hmm. you can staff a ship with as many crew as you have bunks for uh basically one crew is equivalent to the space that like one unit of cargo or one barrel of food or water will uh will will, will take up um mm-hmm. you know and you allocate you allocate crew between like three different positions as you as you go and you're going to constantly be fiddling with this depending on what you're trying to accomplish yes uh these positions are navigation um so you want to do at least the minimum number of this for navigation so your boat can uh, move <laughs> so your boat can move uh, otherwise you just really creep along with the wind mm-hmm. uh, i'm just going where the tides go yeah uh lookout is the distance in which you can spot villages and ports uh this is really useful yeah uh ports you can kind of rely a little bit on your own geography and going along a coast you can reasonably expect to run into ports regularly villages though are little treasure boxes mm-hmm. in this game like they're basically um you know, finding it's like the move find item command in FFT. Yeah. Um, you know, so you, you want to, you want to have this and then combat is your ship's capacity, uh, both in close up and ranged combat Yeah. as a ship, not in dueling. Right. So like you want to allocate a bunch of people to combat, uh, on a, on a ship. If you are approaching battle, because like, if you go mm-hmm. to do close combat to board, like if the enemy ship has more combat crew than yours does, you're just going to be rebuked. Um, and yes. some of them will die. So that's the way that that works with, with lookout, like to, to, I want to go back to that and talk about how important that is to spot stuff at a distance. If you have a low amount of lookout and you can't spot things until you're right up next to it, uh, you end up sailing for a very long time because you are hugging every little wrinkle of coastline. Whereas if this is high and you can just spot it from across the screen, you can take like an efficient route and your guys are just going to be spotting things left and right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there are things, there are items and stuff you can get that actually determine this as well. Yes, uh, there's a weird gray market economy <laughs> thing in this game. We can buy certain things like cats. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so most of this game is about resource management. Yes. Um, you know, operating a ship, which gets expensive, has a lot of overhead and a lot of meters. Um, you have to keep your ship stocked with food and water mm-hmm. uh, in order to keep your crew alive. Food and water are purchased at the docks. Uh, water is free. Um, you can sometimes find this uh, near villages yeah. and such. Um, but it doesn't cost money, but it just take, you know, takes space, which yeah. is very important. Space is a huge concern. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and you're going to kind of be trying to find like a, uh, like a balance uh, for, for whatever you're trying to accomplish. Because food and water take up the same space that, uh, that, that could otherwise go to cargo. Uh, so if you're all loaded up on food and water uh, and you don't have enough room for stuff to sell, then you're not going to be able to make up enough money, right? Um, you're not going to be able to make enough money on whatever transaction you do to cover, you know, whatever food you bought. If you have guns loaded up, you know, that's going to take up space that could go to crew, cargo, or food. Um, and also, if you have way too much crew and way, way too much crew and not enough food, that sucks too because crew burns through food 
you know, you burn through food and water um, determined at a rate um, that is de- determined by the size of your crew and how much you decide to feed them. So yes. as an explorer, oftentimes I would have just a skeleton crew, no no weapons on any of my ships, uh, but just massive cargo stores so I could load up with food and water and I could sail for 60 days at a time. Yeah. Yeah. The number of uh hungry man dinners you need is determined by the number of hungry man. <laughs> yeah. um, it's the hungry man yeah. to hungry man ratio. <laughs> there's a there's a weird knock-on effect mm-hmm. of this that is worth talking about. Yeah. Um you want to have uh, a lot of resources so you can go on long trips mm-hmm. because the longer you stay out, the more experience you get. Yes. Um and you get it when you come into port. So mm-hmm. the longer you can make trips while still balancing these meters and making your people not starve or mutiny, mm-hmm. uh, the faster you'll advance. Yeah. Uh, which is a neat system that makes no sense. But <laughs> it, it does end up adding this like neat risk reward and incentive for balancing these uh, these plates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, crew has their own loyalty uh, as well. Um, in addition to just dying if you don't have any food or water for them. Uh, if you treat them poorly, um, if their rations are low, if they're sick. Like scurvy uh, will be a factor if you sail for mm-hmm. too long uh, without having some lime juice on you. Um, like unhappy crew will like leave you at ports and stuff like that. They'll uh, yeah. you know leave you leave you kind of stranded. I had to be stuck for a couple of days because a bunch of crew left me when I made my first trip to South America, um, and I had to wait out in a tiny little port with a very low economy and you know pull in like twenty people at a time in order to, mm. <laughs> in order just to have my crew back up to get anywhere. <laughs> Yeah. Real life problems, relatable. Mm-hmm. Uh let's talk ships. You know? Let's do uh, it. No matter how many, you know, you can have multiple ships in your fleet, you'll only see your flagship on the map, mm-hmm. uh old JRPG style. Uh your navigation and battle level is determined by your Commodore. Right. So uh, like that's your, your Commodore pet. That's your main character. Um yes. the person who is uh who is the captain of your uh of, of your flagship. Um however mm-hmm. Even though um, that is your battle level and your, and your navigation level, your movement is actually uh, determined by your weakest, uh, your weakest ship. So uh, if you've got just a terrible captain with a loaded up ship and no crew, you will only ever go as fast as that one can. Mm-hmm. Uh, both in their tacking, which is moving against wind, and also just the power. Generally, their uh, their their speed potential. There's a a, a a certain a certain amount of like complexity to the to, to the simulation on like what they're keeping track of with the kinds of ship that you have and sail sailing and current that I never mm-hmm. quite got a good grasp on. It just seems like there's yeah. a lot going on there. There are row uh, based ships and there are mm-hmm. sail based ships. Yep. Um, and they, they have different stats mm-hmm. uh, depending on this and depending on uh, which one you have, you have to either pay attention or not pay attention yes. to the wind. Uh, yeah. And it'll affect you. Um, there are lots of ships in this. And if you're like a dad <laughs> and you have a den and you have a book called like ships mm-hmm. and you flip through it and you're like, yo, that's a lady Baltimore cake. Like you, you flip through <laughs> and you look at the ships. Yeah. This is really good for you. Um, I, uh, have no interest in like all of these names. I can't mm-hmm. even think of cars. Like, I don't, I, you know, I don't, I cannot think of these ships. So right, like, I know right. there's a sloop. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you'll, forgot, you'll hit that because of the Beach Boys. <laughs> That's exactly why I know it, man. Uh-huh. And I know uh, Schooner. 
uh, because of a Frank Black song, uh-huh. but I, I don't, uh, and a barge mm-hmm. because, uh, garbage barges, mm-hmm. but I don't, uh, I do not remember the name of these ships and there's tons of them. Yes. And most parts of the world have their own little ships that they like to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like the stepdaddest fucking, aspect <laughs> of this game, and I could not, could not truck with it. It's not a, you know, you're loving this coal to a level that I could love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> It just reminds me of one, just one of my favorite. It's not even a joke, but just a throwaway line from Parks and Rec, where they're doing some kind of event, and Ron Swanson just like, "All right, you guys go over there. I'm gonna be re- I'm gonna be sitting here on this lawn chair reading a uh, this book about tall ships." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just it's specifically exactly about tall ships. <laughs> it's exactly that. Like if you're that kind of dude, uh-huh. this is gonna this has you know, much to discuss with this game. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but you're picking, you know, like the the, the biggest determinant determinant that I found was like, all right, is this a um, shallow water ship or a deep water ship? Is major thing rowing versus sailing? But it's mostly about like the crew capacity that is needed to run this, and the overall cargo capacity was the was the yeah. biggest thing. Yep. Um, the, the ship, your fleet and the ships all have durability. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is worn down by battle, but also just by long voyages. Um, you can keep lumber on your ship to repair yep. uh, this, or you can go to shipyards and repair mm-hmm. your ship. Uh, and in shipyards, you can buy and sell ships. Uh, they can be used, mm-hmm. uh, or you can order new ships to be built. Yeah. Um, that takes time. So like, there's a big trade-off. Use ships. They're cheaper. You can get them right away. Um, you cannot, um, choose the material that they're made of. Like they all come somewhere between like Oak and whatever is below Oak. Um, mm-hmm. and there's, uh, there's a, there's a wood tier list in this. I also did not internalize. I just, uh, <laughs> that was, that was um, actually pretty intuitive for me. Uh, I, yeah, I just, there's, there's a degree of caring about, uh, wood. things in the world that don't matter to my daily life <laughs> that this game would require internalized that I couldn't do. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, there is a there is a wood tier list that I used a guide to help me with. Yeah, and just the fact that more expensive things are better. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, you also you just kind of get whatever the cargo space configuration is, and you would have to pay uh, in order to do like a remodel uh, to to, mm-hmm. to set it up right. Uh, new ships are expensive. You can control all of that. You can control the material and the cargo uh, configuration, but it takes time as well, and that's one of the bigger things. And also, like, mm-hmm. big, expensive, high-level ships take a very long time to build. Yeah. Uh, so much so that you can have them built and then go play the game and then come back. Yes. You know, that is kind of what's expected. There aren't tons of ways to kill time. Right. Uh, in, you know, in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as we mentioned, uh, ports of different nationalities have different kinds of ships. Um, you unlock better ships by investing in shipyards to raise their industry level. Mm-hmm. Um, so, there's a whole thing of you managing the entire world's economy. Yep. Uh, but by game. going around and just distributing largesse. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, just here you go. How wall- do you feel about five gold bars per month? Sweet yeah. thing. <laughs> you know, so, yes, sir. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, like that, that means that they will eventually learn how to good, do good ships. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, depending on how you raise this level, uh, use ship, better use ships will also show up. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, and like the U ship level of, of industry necessary is smaller than the new ship level of, uh, you know, industry that you need. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. Uh, you can also buy and attach figureheads. I had no idea what these did because they do not describe this. It's even barely described mm-hmm. in the manual. Um, these work with luck to determine how likely it is you're going to run into storms. 
Yes. Uh, storms are uh, a random encounter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you run into their areas that are stormier than others. Mm-hmm. Um, if you a storm is coming, you'll find you'll get a very short notice. If you get caught in it, your durability will take a hit. Uh, crew can die. You might get a game over. Um, to get rid of this, you either use a balm, yep. uh, which you have that breaks up storms, which is real weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also port uh, during a storm. You can like anchor. Yes. Uh, to get through a storm, which is was my crutch early on in the game, mm-hmm. um, before I kind of figured out like how many balms I needed to carry around. Yeah. Um, you use lime juice to fend off scurvy. Uh, you can buy a cat to get rid of rats, uh, kind of permanently, mm-hmm. or you can get rat poison to get rid of rats, uh, in the interim. Oh, God, I love the idea of a ship's cat. Have you ever just like sat down mm-hmm. and read about ship's cats? Unsinkable Sam. <laughs> it's so good. I love yeah. him. He's the best. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's really good. Unsink. I, w- I hope to be called unsinkable someday. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Unsinkable patches. Just unsinkable Sam. Give every animal a job. <laughs> yeah. But none of them cops. None of them cops. Yeah. So, so, um, yeah. Uh, also, like, no place will just sell a cat. Like, there were only like two ports that I found oh, that sold one. They're like black market cats, too. Yeah. Like, don't you have to, the one I went to, you had to go at like 2 a.m. Yep. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> I had to look it up. I, I didn't, I didn't stumble upon any of that shit. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I played a lot of this with a guide. Yeah. Same. Uh, I just, uh... Because it's like, yeah. If I was 15, I would have, like, yeah, I'm just going to live in this for a whole summer. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's the, 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 there's good stuff on the Koei wiki, um, yeah. which uh, which helps out specifically with like a list of you know where to buy ships and what, you know, just everything is like broken out in tables. Yeah, stuff that would be published in a guide like a yes. hundred years after. Well, and this, was you know? and what like was published. Yeah, yeah a, totally. Yeah, <laughs> there were two guide books that were released for this. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I meant a guide for your character. Oh yes. Like in 1552, like the kind of uh, thing right. that like would be information your character could get in world reasonably. Mm-hmm. Yes. Especially your Portuguese noble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in addition to cats, you can also buy um, navigation aids. So, like, you, there's a handful of items like sextants, which lets you mm-hmm. see your latitude and longitude uh, if you use them. Uh, you can also get uh, telescopes, which uh, helps you spot ports and stuff at a distance. It's worth getting all of those. Yeah. Telescopes are really good. Yeah. Um, having kind of a mixed grill of ships is a bit of a pain. Um, and managing all this stuff is a pain. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, when you get extra ships, if you want to sell or upgrade one of the ships, it's not, there's not like a one button thing that trades in a ship and reequips your new ship in roughly the same configuration with the same crew and cargo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to micromanage all the food, water, cargo, and crew every single time, um, you sell a ship or move a ship or upgrade a ship. Yeah. Uh, this is a huge menu tax and a huge pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And even like you can't just have like one ship that is your feeder ship or whatever. Like, okay, this is the one that has all my food and water. No, you've got to, you know, keep in mind how much food and water this needs to make a trip um, for you yeah. and load it up. Don't don't press the button that says just auto buy because it's going to fill up every single like bit of cargo space. And if you're trying to do long trade runs with multiple ships, a don't do that. One ship is much more efficient for that. Um, B, <laughs> you know, you mm-hmm. have to do everything manually because a ship that is full of uh, a ship that is full of, you know, hard tack is not going to be able to carry gold. You yeah. Know? Yep. Uh, or beads. Yep. Sweet, tons, sweet beads. tons and tons of useful beads. 
Yep. A thousand applications for these beads. Bees? bees? <laughs> no. Nope. Beads. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can also, if you have excess ships, you can uh, moor them in capital ports. Kind of leave them there. Yeah, for a time. Yep. Yep. Always have my always have my uh, docks in Lisbon completely full, mm-hmm. and I just swapped out as necessary for whatever I was trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lisbon's a town. Let's talk about port towns. Let's talk about port towns. Let's talk about port lands. Uh, these begin associated with certain kingdoms. Uh, each kingdom has a capital city, mm-hmm. but you can make a city an ally with your home kingdom by investing in them. Right. So like a city is loyal to, to France, but you give them enough money and now they're Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Again, real power move. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my my stepdad buys me any RC car I want. <laughs> you yep. only buy me RC cars on the weekend. Yeah. Yes. You get to be the weekend dad to the world <laughs> uh, in this game. Yes. Um <laughs> uh there, there's there, there's a little bit to that too like if you end up being a you know a high a high roller in their markets i think that also sways you over there there are a number of factors but the quickest way to bring a place under your sway is to just pump money into their economy yeah. um if a town belongs to an enemy nation and the relationship is bad enough they might blockade so you can only enter yeah. at night this was not too much of a factor for me i understand for other characters specifically catalina um th- oh yeah it becomes a real problem where she has persona non grata her her alliance is pirates yes in the beginning of it so she has a real problem with this for me i didn't have to do it i just thought of it as a cool grace note yes you know it, it felt like a neat little touch mm-hmm. um stores and businesses are open during the day uh generally so you can either wait on the world map or enter the port uh, you know and enter the port at day or come in at night and uh do a wake up call so many times i forgot about this and like i just rolled into a town at 2 a.m like fuck i need to go back through tap a tap to get out to yep. the to get out to the world map and wait for it yep. to be light out yeah 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 mm-hmm. uh towns have a bunch of npcs that have information and rumors some of which are useful but uh there's tons of them yeah. Um, I found this pretty fatiguing and eventually kind of stopped doing it and just like relied on guides to find stuff out. Yeah. They'll tell There's you not s- a lot of flavor to this stuff either. No, it's pretty much like, um, it's a little bit like the NPCs and Mario is missing. <laughs> sure, <laughs> like yeah, the, yeah. They just spout like a little clue here. They're like, Oh, I saw a sloop for sale up in Dublin. Cool. <laughs> cool. What an, what an exciting life you live. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Don B. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so i i just eventually stopped doing this because i was annoyed mm-hmm. um but it, it is there and it gives it a little bit of flavor yeah. my understanding of the pc version was that you couldn't go and explore these towns um it didn't have this like mbc jrpg interface mm-hmm. um so it's like this is a cool little touch yeah although i kind of um, wish the towns were just menus but i wish every i wish every town was menus as you get older you want more of a menu yeah less of a hangout vibe because Mm -hmm. in this game with this many towns it's not like they feel different we're not getting like mesidia and an elf land right you know it's just like they have a different music depending on what type of the world part of the world they're in yeah um you go to cafes this is where you get rumors uh and then you can also find crew and mates um these are the rumors like i hear there are no good sailors in ibiza yes um ibiza please ibiza I don't know, man. Um, there are also there are waitresses that have a weird little dating thing in this, um, which will provide information depending on how they like you. You can turn they them into spies. You, right? <laughs> you turn them into spies if they love you enough mm-hmm. uh, by giving them the thing they like. Yes. Um, which is either stories or gifts. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I do. I do like that. You know, even after you sell a discovery and we're going to talk about the discovery uh, stuff, even after you sell the, sell that, like that is still something that you can trade on as sure. you know, just like, how did I ever tell you about the time I found a, an ar- Archaeoteryx? <laughs> wait a minute a literal dinosaur yeah hey babe have you ever seen a penguin tell me more i'm so fucking wet and then like you want me to go spy on the spanish armada yeah we'll do do you want me to commit treason against my liege i'll do it daddy it's 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 also like i mean i don't know if this matched your experience i found this a very limited use yeah you know because like you can find out a lot of this stuff just by looking at the the fleets when you pass them and finding out where they're going to be like maybe i just wasn't playing very much of a hunter you know maybe this is very useful for that old guy who hates spain yeah the, the grand torino you can play in this <laughs> but like, <laughs> i just didn't find it very useful like the first time i did the relationship stuff just to do it i was like oh that's it yeah you know this sucks i don't want to give away all my shit <laughs> you know? and every time you do it you have to hear a midi version of brandy you're a fine girl fine <laughs> and that song's like seven minutes long yeah, yeah. and it's mostly allentown yeah <laughs> um so. uh, but uh i like there were guides that i read for this as i was poking around it does become important if you like want to learn about like when a particular like army or merchant fleet from a particular country is going to be around uh that just didn't mm-hmm. factor into our in, into our campaign at all like that didn't have anything yeah. to, do, to do with our goals like i did a little bit of piracy in order to make some money and also to engage with that system i i was generally pretty okay with just attacking somebody because i know i would not kill enough of any navy to make a to make a country pissed at me yeah 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 oh so <laughs> oh Boy. man um yeah. so she can be your she can be your uh your spy you can also do a little bit gambling i like that this is an option I like that mm-hmm. you can sit down and play SNES Blackjack. I love any Blackjack game in a in a game. They've got uh, specialized house rules and stuff that are very poorly explained, but those mm-hmm. are in the menu and laid out. Yeah. Yeah. And you can make a lot of money through this. It's a, uh, I don't, you know, I can't quite recall because I did this early on mm-hmm. where I landed on like where the uh, RNG determines the number, like whether you can save scum this. Mm-hmm. Um, what I basically did was whenever this was an option, went in quick saved it bet everything mm-hmm. you know bet the highest possible bet if right. i lost i would just reload if not i would continue on put um, it on black lost, sir this is not that game <laughs> yep exactly like you, you could almost do a version of blackjack where you could do that and <laughs> yeah. determine which color the cards are yeah um so uh towns also have a guild where you can do simple missions to get paid to raise your fame mm-hmm. um i did not do tons of this i found this annoying mm-hmm. uh Again, like shades of uh, Genesis shatter under this, um, you know, either moving goods, collecting debts, hunting pirates, delivering letters. Mm-hmm. Um, these pay varying amounts depending on how dangerous they are. Yeah. Um, I found it much easier to raise fame by advancing the plot and discovering things because that also raised my money at a quicker rate. A lot of the guild stuff was extremely penny ante is, is, yeah. is what I found. Like you gained so little for the time that you put in um that it did not feel that it was kind of just a little bit annoying to take that uh however i do like the idea of having some kind you know something that would provide like a little bit of structure to this for you if you were not going around and kind of making your own plan about how to make the money that you needed and stuff yeah i mean the the idea behind it would be that you would like start doing this to give you the uh you know the 
the ins and outs. Yes. You know, so you could, you know, kind of understand and be like, okay, now I can play with the toy. Mm-hmm. You know, now I know the system. Um, it never quite worked that way for me. Right. Um, it wasn't like highly tutorialized. Yes. For that. Um, if you're in a capital city, uh, you can go and uh, check out the palace and you can speak to the rulers uh, for a couple of things. Um, but the things we're going to talk about here, you know, get special favors. So like if they're favorable to you, they can give you gold and ships, but not if you have too much. Like this is just like mm-hmm. a, a Hail Mary way to get a, you know, a last minute infusion. Um, and there are like special things you can buy from the rulers. Um, that we'll talk mm-hmm. about when it comes to uh, trade and piracy, but uh, this is a way also to like check a list of what port is aligned with who. Yes, um, you also can do missions for the ruler of each country, right. um, depending on your fame, and these allow you to get noble ranks. Mm-hmm. Um, noble ranks do a couple of different things, um, but primarily give you better prices in allied ports. Right. Um, the, uh, missions for your King can end up being a little bit of a, uh, little bit of a trap if you're trying to advance your plot, because mm-hmm. what I found was when they asked me, because I played as Jow and I'm going around and exploring and I have a lot of adventure fame, um, <laughs> they would say, oh yes, come bring me anything, bring me anything at all. You bring it to him. You don't get the adventure fame that you would get by selling it to a collector yeah. up in Bordeaux. Yep. So you just get points towards becoming like a Meyer and Baron or some shit. Yes. You know, so mm-hmm. probably not worth that. Yeah. Um, there's also a weird, like all these systems interface in a, in a weird way. Um, an early way to get a jump on money mm-hmm. is to take a mission to deposit uh, gold mm-hmm. for someone and don't do it. And just, <laughs> just run. Um, yeah, just run and you'll lose fame with it but if your fame is low initially yeah um or reputation um it won't hurt you very much you have literally nothing to lose yeah yeah um so uh finally uh towns have a round earth society this you can study here and donate to raise your luck stat um luck primarily deals with storms as far as i know Mm -hmm. storms and uh uh, the the uh, little random encounters that you get when a yeah, mermaid firebirds <laughs> yeah firebirds storms and fiji mermaids <laughs> sirens like there are literally sirens that'll come in yeah you know? lure, lure your people onto the rocks yeah yes um so if you're lucky that won't happen to you yeah if you're lucky you won't fight dinosaurs in this uh, <laughs> historical game uh there's one other building that i forgot to include here because i just didn't use it uh there are banks there's a, mm-hmm. a, a what is it the marco polo banks uh, you can get short term. You you can get loans. You want them to be short term because they charge ten percent interest every month. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't use this. I could see it being a good way to like borrow some money on the first and then go back and pay the loan back on uh, on the thirtieth or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you don't get the uh, so you don't get the financing fee on it. Uh, but yeah. uh, but Jump yeah, start. I generally after after the early early going days, I didn't find myself that strapped for cash. Where I need to no. take on a loan. No, you you have time. Yes, you know you you just get to like you can just spend that doing low risk things mm-hmm. and getting your money. Yes. So, yeah. Um. What else? Uh. Trade. Um. This is how you. I made most of my money. Yes. Um. I, this seems like the best way to make money. Um. Trade fame is uh, increased by raise uh, or is raised by investing in ports to make them ally with your home. And accomplishing guild missions that aren't pirate hunting. Right. Um, so. This wasn't just the way that I made most of my money. This is how I spent most of my time. Um, yeah. Is, you know, doing this. No matter what character you play as, 
uh, you're going to need to raise money, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Piracy is one way to do that. We'll talk about that later. But you have to have enough ships and crew in order to make that happen. Everybody is going to need to trade to get like a baseline, right? And this is a very... Or adventure. Like there's also adventures and discoveries, which is like Mm -hmm. another way to make make money. It's somewhat tied to RNG though. Right. Um, there's like an early on discovery that can make you a lot of money to kind of jumpstart <laughs> you as well. Yeah. Um, but if you, that's a random role when your game starts, whether it will exist in your game. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, trade is a really manual process. Uh, there's a certain amount of joy to, you know, like I kept a little notebook of like what I bought and where and kept track of like how much food w- uh, was expended as I went <laughs> between different mm-hmm. ports and things like that. Uh, but yeah, like you're going to the market uh, in the port, you're seeing what they have available, you buy it, and then you have to go elsewhere to sell it, hopefully at a profit. Um, and mm-hmm. hopefully uh, making enough profit that it's not chewed up by your overhead as well. Yes. Uh, and there's this is fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, trade routes is a fun game mechanic. Yep. Arbitrage is fun um, in games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, something, you know, I, I, I bring up Starflight a lot. Uh, something that I think would be a fun WAF game someday was the sequel oh, yeah. to that, which is uh, Trade Routes of the Star Manipula, which is, uh, <sighs> continues the plot, but is a trading, more trading focused. Nice. Um, there is trading in Starflight, but that's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's very similar to this actually. Yeah. Uh, how this, but in space. Yeah. And with the colorful writing and stuff. So instead of running into a Spanish person mm-hmm. uh, who has no, I, you know, unique dialogue, you're into like a Speeman. <laughs> right, right. You know, I, I, I got to tell you, this game is the, like pl- playing this immediately gave me like a hankering uh, to go and do something like free space or whatever. But I mm-hmm. also because I got a flight stick, I was like, shit, I'm going to grab a, yeah. I'm, I'm going to grab Elite Dangerous on a sale. I think I might yeah. be, a, be a space trucker for a little bit maybe yeah <laughs> that sounds and, fun <laughs> yeah it's a it's an alternate universe where your actions correspond to what good things happen oh yeah i know <laughs> wouldn't that you be know? nice <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it, that's just fucking incredible yeah um each port has a specialty uh some item that, that's very specific to them that only they have they sell at a good cost mm-hmm. um but sometimes their specialty or their high margin goods won't show up until you invest right right so this uh, com- this tc doesn't make beads until you show them a little cash yeah <laughs> until they yeah you know, yeah you have to you have to give them the upstart cost for the bead machine um yeah. this is a big deal like if you are playing i guess all of them start in europe so it doesn't matter um the ports in africa and specifically at the ports down on the um um like the canary islands and stuff like that those require uh, they will they will sell you gold eventually but you have to put a ton of money into their into their economies to make that work yeah um it's worth yeah. it though because it's obviously it's fucking gold you know. dude it's gold yeah yeah <laughs> it's great so yeah uh so when you go to buy goods as we talked about uh you're quoted a price oftentimes this is very high uh then you can do a haggle uh you can do this blind you can just say like hey cut 10 percent off of that um and then they will do like a counter offer um or you can just do if you have a negotiation uh read a little bit more dialogue learn what the uh what the actual lowest price you can buy you know buy for is and um mm-hmm. you know go for that yeah uh in trading is where your space economy largely comes in yeah um you want to run with a small crew so you can have uh goods and uh not as much food and water mm-hmm. um so you can be out long enough yeah. um two-point trading routes are really fine initially you're gonna do that but eventually you're gonna have multi-point uh, trade routes which is where kind of the the more gamey yeah. part of it mm-hmm. comes through um, there is a complex price index system of the economy in this that can screw you, but you can also artificially deflate, mm-hmm. uh, in a way 
uh, yeah. it's really interesting and weird and complex. Yeah, like it, it ends up being <laughs> like to your advantage in the long term to sell a large amount of things at a loss, um, and yes. specifically in fifty unit increments in order to affect the price index, so that when you come back with the uh, with the the high margin stuff, you're gonna get it, you're gonna be able to um, get a good price for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, pretty wild stuff to have to take into uh, take into account. Mm-hmm. Again, SNES era. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this this was opposite, you know, Super Mario Land and Turtles <laughs> in Time. Um, you want to uh, maintain this balance trade to make sure that your profits aren't dwindling. Uh, you don't want to be flooding a particular market. Yeah. You know, because of this, um, trade is improved by buying a tax free permit from the palace. Mm-hmm. Um, these last for six months. They're really expensive, but they will save you money in the long run. Yeah. You you will make so much money, especially if you're running short routes. You can get a lot of trips in in six months. Um, mm-hmm. If it looks like too much money, you can actually get a forged one by going to the right mm-hmm. port um, after two a.m. Uh, uh, when the black market is open, and you buy just a d- d- just a counterfeit one. There is no downside to this. Yeah, they just work. Right. Very tax free permit. One cat. <laughs> yo yo i got sextants um meet me here at 2 a.m astrolabes astrolabes forbidden astrolabes, astrolabes. <laughs> yeah yo i got a scroll you come back after midnight um uh piracy is also where kind of combat happens in this yeah um all the combat is piracy related like squares and rectangles kind of thing mm-hmm. um you'll make a lot of money uh, either through plunder or selling captured ships which does have a menu overhead as we mentioned yeah. Uh, the way you raise this fame is by winning battles, hunting pirates, and collecting debts for the guild. Right. I never did any debt collection. How does that work? Do you just go talk to somebody? Uh, and they get. Uh, yeah. 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 It's it's another. It's like a, like a letter. Except that's the thing I was mentioning to actually earlier. Uh-huh. When you would, it's not. I said delivering money. Uh-huh. But it's debt collection. When gotcha. you go and collect their debt and then just not give it back. Oh yeah. Um, early on. Huh. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, sometimes a fleet will just attack you. Uh, this will happen in, um, uh, stories most often. Uh, most of the stories involve some kind of mandatory combat based on what I saw, like maybe not in the mapping route or whatever. Uh, but, uh, if you are going to be an aggressor, uh, there is a procedure that you, uh, should ideally follow as you approach combat with, uh, with these folks. Yeah. Uh, you'll see their fleet on the map. You can view them and see the captain, what kind of fleet they have, uh, whether they're military, merchant, or pirate. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can lie about this. Love this. Which is, I love that. That's <laughs> it's like, a, really good it's like it's up to your first mate to say like, yeah, they're. It's literally this a false flag, a merchant, dude. Yeah, yeah. This is not a merchant fleet. Yeah. Um, who they're aligned with, what kind of ships they have, and what they're they're doing, like where mm-hmm. their goal is and stuff. Yeah. Um, and you decide you want to take them out. Uh, you close in on them. You want to come in from behind, mm-hmm. and you issue the attack command. Uh, and then you enter into this like fleet on fleet combat, which is turn-based and grid-based with all your little ships out. Mm-hmm. Um, your starting position, uh, you know, how advantageous that is, is determined how you made your approach right. by how you made your approach. You mentioned earlier that there was a combat system that was a little bit more intricate um, in the PC version. Mm-hmm. This has to be it, right? It, no, it's through dueling. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So when we talked about dueling, I'll mention that. Um, gotcha. It's it's pretty wild. It sounds tedious and dumb to me. Uh, <laughs> I, I like so, I like the implementation of dueling that we're going to get to here. Uh, but that's I, no, I yeah. liked it. I got a little annoyed by it. it. Just became just a little too rote. Like I, oh, I yeah, it yeah. became too much of a formula to win. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so the ship on ship combat is grid based. 
um kind of vaguely uh, like it, uh, maybe it might be like a hex but it shows up as a as squares the squares are offset from each other in a way. diagonally yes yeah. yeah um and you control your ship uh you actually can't control your uh your your ally ships uh you can give kind of like vague orders uh to to, to them but it is it is you and you alone uh kind of doing specific movements mm-hmm uh, in a tactics kind of way, when you try to move your ship, uh, you get a kind of little path mm-hmm. or, you know, the, the highlighted tiles that you can move to. Um, this is determined by their stats and turning radius makes a big deal Yes. in this. So sometimes uh, your movement is limited by mm-hmm. this. Um, range attacks can be shot within a cone of squares uh, within these available ranges that you have, depending on what kind of cannons or guns you have on your ship. Mm-hmm. Some can't shoot close, some can't shoot far, mm-hmm. some are just kind of, um, you know, versatile in that way. You want to, mm-hmm. you know, generally it's an upgrade um you know as you upgrade they, they they get to be a little bit more versatile as you go um yes. i didn't engage in an awful lot of like gunplay because most of yeah. what i most of what i did was what was rushing i i love the way that they handle ship health though the fact mm-hmm. that you have kind of two uh two determinants there you have the durability of the ship like hey is it going to sink and also like how much crew is left on it um and like as crew diminishes combat um efficiency diminishes as well so like there there's a certain momentum associated with uh with taking down a ship or having your ship taken down yeah um when you rush you get in this little contest as we mentioned Mm -hmm. um the number of crew you have is the biggest factor on whether you'll be able to board and if you rush the enemy flagship and uh you manage to succeed uh in that you get a duel Mm-hmm. Um, where your captain duels. This is how I spent almost all of my contact, or all of my uh, combat, rather. Um, this is a sword fight, uh, and it is a tug-of-war health bar. So, you know, there's 300 health between the two of you. It's 150 each. When you gain 50, they lose 50. Yes. Um, and you have 10 turns, um, and each turn has an attack and defense phase, and this is a deck builder uh like you don't build so it's, it's like a random card based combat yeah uh, thing like you, you select moves you select moves from a hand of cards that are given to you you have three different types of of attack and three different types of defense um mm-hmm. and you know and each card can be can, can be one of those um and each card has uh like a strength value that comes in randomized from one to nine so you might end up in a uh uh, kind of deciding on some trade-offs like okay uh i know that i have this kind of sword that is good at this kind of attack i have a you know i have a fencing sword that i need to thrust my available thrust is only power level one i have a lash at power level eight does it make sense to you know to do that also knowing that the enemy has a lash sword uh so they might be able to block or they're going to be trying to do this particular this particular style of block there's a certain amount of calculus you have to do with this yeah yeah um there are other factors of this as well like eventually right. equipment kind of becomes more important mm-hmm. than uh than doing this um the the thing i mentioned that was different um in so two things in the pc version of this there are also uh locations that you aim for mm. so you have individual parts of your body have health Okay. Uh, you attack the head, arms, you know, legs, or, or and I don't know exactly how dick. that works. Uh, dick. Dick would be one of them, uh, <laughs> or two, with a certain mm. sailor. Um, 
What? But the, uh, you know, no, I was, oh, it was oh, a badly oh, timed oh, swallow I made. Oh, it was, it was, I was trying to make a make a joke about two dick the, the pirate or something. Oh, old, old. But, <laughs> old know, two dick Otto the privateer. <laughs> yeah, privateer two dick. But I I had to swallow because uh, mm. I didn't sleep and my nose is very congested. Yes. So right in the middle of that joke, I had to like do a real big like ghoul swallow. Yeah, I had ghoul. <laughs> Uh, and it made, I wish that I had made the sound effect so it seemed like you could be like two dick privateers right behind you, isn't it? <laughs> or something like, that. <laughs> like, oh. you know, like you say his name three times, like Candyman or whatever. But yeah, that, that's what happened there. Um, the other difference, though, uh, the reason why the SNES version of this is the superior version is the Genesis version randomizes your cards completely. Oh, uh, the SNES version is a uh, stacked uh version so it's random to a degree but you do get a um one of each type that's good yeah yeah so it's it's the main difference between the two other than Mm -hmm. that they're basically the same but the snes version has slightly smoother combat in that respect yeah um and given how important combat is that makes sense you know yeah if you have the option do it the snes way Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah uh in general (laughs) um so different different swords are better at different types of attacks uh you know these uh you have lashes thrusts and strikes um and your armor will determine your damage absorption and this really matters yes um having really good armor or a really good sword ended up being a huge determinant factor in my success but also when this eventually became a little tappa 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 Mm -hmm. aka thrusta 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 (laughs) uh, in this thrusta 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 is my favorite i don't know let's say jamaican house dj sure yeah i don't know sure (laughs) but uh but yeah uh the best armor is the crusader armor i forget where you buy that it's a um black market the best sword you want to go up um i forget which river maybe it's the zambezi i forget you want to go to timbuktu um and it's the crusader sword that you can buy there Mm -hmm. um after hours Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah um so you go and you pick these things, uh, going through these phases of attack and defend. Yeah. Um, trying to choose the best one and trying to guess what your opponent is going to do uh, right. to based on their sword. Um, if you can pick that out and such. Um, and it is a, uh, you know, Pokemon, you know, thrust beats block, lash beats dodge, strike beats parry, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, if you destroy the enemy fleet or beat the Commodore in a duel, you claim their gold and their cargo, and you can have as many ships as you feel like, you know, stewarding back to port and selling. <laughs> so, yeah. or as many ships as you uh, as you have captains for. Yeah, as you can. Yes. Uh, take. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was surprised at how much money you got uh, by 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 doing that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's really useful. Yeah. Um. The uh, and then you can also, if your piracy fame uh, is high, a ruler will sell you a letter of marquee, which allows you to do piracy under your country's name, basically mm-hmm. becoming a privateer. And increase the increases the speed at which you gain piracy fame. Yes. Uh so that could be worth it. Um because, mm-hmm. you know, piracy fame might intimidate people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and finally, fame and adventure. This is the uh this is the one that we spend a lot of time doing. Uh this also kind of was the system that I had the most fun with, actually, going out and seeing the mm-hmm. world and uh picking up the little treasure boxes. Yeah, you do, know? doing uh world books. Yeah. Like learning about anacondas. <laughs> like and it took six of my crew, but I sold it for a bunch of money. Yep. God rest their souls. Win, win. They didn't have yep. families. It's the 1500s. Yeah. I insured. Everything's yeah, awesome. They didn't have family. <laughs> no. 
Yeah. Um, so adventuring basically is anything good, <laughs> anything that happens outside of Europe. Uh, the mm-hmm. the fame will raise when you discover new ports or villages. Uh, when you and when you sell mapping data to cartographers uh, is kind of mm-hmm. what happens here. It's nice because your your fame will rise uh, like right upon discovering a new town, uh, mm-hmm. which is good. Um, yeah. You don't have to go and do like a turn in on that. Yeah. Um, so ports are the towns that we described above, but they're also supply ports, which are places you can land and just get by, uh, get food and water to load up. Uh, and then there are villages. Mm-hmm. Um, villages are not a map that you can explore. They are a treasure chest. Mm-hmm. You want to land. And this also has a weird kind of a, uh, colonialist shit kind of economy to this. I, uh, I was doing, I was pretty, the politics of this aren't great. I was pretty surprised at how tame this was. This is pretty whitewashed because it wouldn't be like, Hey, let's go treat them to food and then have them show us our wonders. This would be like invest and hire locals to run like a rubber tree farm. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, it's not Tropico, right? But you, you are, uh, like you do, uh, can plunder, uh-huh. you know, at that, at, at, you know, at your, at your will. And you do give them again, hardtack in exchange for all of their treasures. Right. <laughs> like it's sometimes they just show you a wonder, but some of the things are things you get. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Uh, high value cultural artifacts and stuff that you get to, yeah, they're going to the British museum to create the plot of black Panther. (laughs) Like it's (laughs) it's like, um, so the the way you do this is you can search, uh, for whatever their treasure is. Mm -hmm. And if you fail, you spend food to entertain the villagers to get them to help you search to raise your, Um, that also felt like euphemism, like juice. (laughs) <laughs> like I feel like you're giving your crew food to do something else. Yeah. Um, but eventually uh, you can, you'll get the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to get your, the villager friendship level up to about 60 mm-hmm. um, to get the, get the big treasure box, um, which gets you a little paragraph to read. And then also you can sell yep. uh, or tell a waitress about it if you want to turn into a spy. <laughs> um, and then you can also plunder villages uh, to get that food back. Mm-hmm. Um, this costs charm. Um, I had to plunder a few villages. Mm-hmm. Um, I always felt shitty about it. Yep. Cause I am two twenty twenty. And to uh, just like, man, that's that sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I only just come from Portugal and fuck these people up. They were just living their life. Yeah. But I had to do it a couple times to survive and I felt bad about it. Right. Uh, sometimes when you go and search for for discovery, uh, the game rolls a dice and there's a mm-hmm. chance that you could lose crew. Uh, this is especially true if the discovery is a wild animal. Uh, yes. So lost a bunch of folks going after the saber tooth tiger for that big payday. Big payday. Um, you can find all kinds of stuff here, though. You find mm-hmm. like dodos, all kinds of weird, like fictional and non-fictional animals. Mm-hmm. Um, some of which are it's fun because they're exotic, and it'll be like a hedgehog or something. <laughs> you know, it's just something cute that like oh they didn't have in Portugal. Uh-huh. You know, uh, that's real fun. But sometimes there are cultural discoveries or monuments. Um, you know that you'll get, so you get to uh, steal them. I just I, uh, I, I, I like <laughs> so it's funny because like you talk about like oh these monuments or whatever. I just love the idea like oh yeah I stole Uluru guys. <laughs> like, I just rolled up and took that big ass mountain. Well, it's Carmen San Diego rules. Okay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like oh, I get like like double trouble to El Dorado. <laughs> Moving on and stealing yeah. stealing quarries and stadiums. <laughs> Yeah. The letter of Marquis. <laughs> the, the, uh, 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 the tax permit. 
Uh, you also, uh, as you're sailing around, you get random encounters mm-hmm. uh, with myth- mythical beasts uh, that will uh, kill and harm your crew and ships. Yeah. Uh, so these are dinosaurs, mermaids, uh, <laughs> phoenixes, you know, v- various sea critters and stuff that destroy yeah. you and destroy the educational value of this game. <laughs> uh they're they're not always guaranteed to get uh to to get you like um if you know like a firebird shows up there is a role that i think is determined by like navigation something like that like your first mate will say like oh we just barely managed to get out alive right yeah so this is you know luck will determine the incidents but your stat will determine whether you know how much you lose right Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah um you take your uh your discoveries back to collectors who will buy them for sometimes just absolutely outrageous amounts of cash, mm-hmm. uh, which also raises your adventure fame. This was a really fun way to make money for me. Yep. Um, you know, I didn't, I made most of my money through trade. This was the most fun that I had. Um, there are a hundred possible ability, uh, villages, but only 50 will spawn in a game. Mm-hmm. So you have a 50% chance of getting that discovery. Like if you want to get that saber tooth tiger for that big, big, big payday, um, you might not have it. And an optimized way to get like a fast start in this game is to beeline for the saber tooth tiger, mm-hmm. see if that village showed up and right. if it didn't restart. Yeah. Just to sacrifice your crew to hunger off the coast of Greenland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, th- those people died. Now I'm in another universe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that, that's about it for generalities as best we can explain. Right. Um, you know, there's, there's tiny little things that we probably missed mm-hmm. in this. Like, this is a complicated game. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we're going to talk about the plot of Zhao's game, which, again, uh, is, to me, entirely just a skeleton. To, it's like the opposite of a game where, like, I'm playing this for the story. Yeah. Like, I I don't find the writing in this game, like, particularly good or interesting. Same. Or, or the plot to be, like, particularly charming or characterization very good. Mm-hmm. I just did these things because it gave me an opportunity to go engage with those systems we just talked about. Yeah, and a lot of the time I found that these events kind of got in the way. It was like, like, ah, man, I don't know. I've got a whole ship full of art from Athens, and now all of a sudden I'm dealing with this. That's kind of a problem. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's annoying. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about like the actual events that happen. Also understand that like there's going to be long stretches of time between these key events, uh, that, yes. that, that, that happen here, um, where yeah. you are going to be going and actually doing the, doing the work of playing this game. The plot does not move at a good clip. No. Like the play is slow and the plot is doled out in tiny little pieces. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. get into it uh, it begins with Zhao uh, hiding from Rocco uh, Rocco is from the first game yep. uh, he's an easter egg he was a character called the old sailor mm-hmm. um, he's looking for him uh, because Zhao's father wants to speak with him he's kind yeah. of a real hard ass <laughs> like and you go you go and talk to your dad and he's like and how is your how is your ship piloting studies going yeah. good how's your geography good and your fencing lessons good well okay then <laughs> yep, it's Out time to discover the secret of Atlantis yep learn a trade, <laughs> you know, uh, just if, if you're going to be a Royal, 
uh, under my watch, you have to uh, discover Atlantis. Yes. Um, so, uh, you know, you do not get to have the benefits of your lineage. He orders everyone to treat you like a commoner. Right. Until you discover the secret of Atlantis. Um, so Rocco kind of leads you around town. Uh, he's your first mate. His level is really high. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another reason why this character is kind of the uh, beginner character. Yeah, you can lean on uh, him like a crutch and he will be with you yeah. the entire game. Yeah, Rocco is very solid. Yeah. So uh, so we go to the yeah. pub and we meet with Zhao's sweetheart, uh, Lucia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucia is going to get damseled later on. Um, also, mm-hmm. like a weird thing that they... It's like it's not a joke, and it's barely even a character quality for Jao, but Jao likes playing the loot. <laughs> it reminded me a lot. I had a when I played D anD D Second Edition a lot. Uh, one of the guys we played with was a guy named Doug, he used to be friends with, and uh, a lot of times he would make his character a really good cook. Okay. Um, which had no mechanical things, and we weren't. You know, we were in high school. We weren't really like role playing. Right. So we would just be like ready to go into the dungeon and he do he would always stop and be like, Oh, do you want me to cook you cook you something? And then I would be like, Yeah. And then he'd roll <laughs> and they'd be cooking. <laughs> like, <laughs> we'd go into the dungeon because we were fucking yeah. fifteen. <laughs> because we're because we're playing teenage D and D. Yeah. Yeah. Like it wasn't, you know, and it wasn't like part of his backstory or anything. He just he liked putting points into it as a stat. It was cool. Really weird. <laughs> yeah it was, you know so that's what this reminds me of is that like Jao has points in loot uh, for just, some reason and the only benefit is occasionally it is mentioned yeah yeah, yeah. um so you get a you get a little bit of starting money very little mm-hmm. um if you go up if you show up at night during black market hours you can meet your sneak into the palace and meet your mom uh-huh um and you also uh you can get a uh, rapier um from the item shop for free uh, even though you're supposed to be treated yeah you know, um like anyone you else. get a lot of benefits and, <laughs> You do. Yeah. Privilege is real. Um, and if you go to the round earth society, we're introduced to a scholar named Rico who wants to go to some Pengu and he'll be our bookkeeper. And you say, well, it's going to take like five or six years. Yeah. It's like, the, right. like the literal other side of the world dog. Yeah. Well, I also don't know where it's at and I'm yeah. not playing. I'm making a beeline there. Uh-huh. It might happen to get there. And then years later, he eventually goes, you know what? I think I'd still like to go to Zapengu. <laughs> and then it's your quest to go to Zapengu. It's right. very funny. Yeah. Like you talked about the plot intruding on things. There's a moment of this. Like, I don't think this is a funny game. Uh huh. You know, it's not trying to be, but there's one moment that I laughed out loud because it surprised me so hard uh, in the plot of this uh, that we'll get to. And it really got me. Hey, hey, you remember 15 years ago when I said I wanted to do that thing? That was really good, but that wasn't, that wasn't the oh, part. Okay. It's yeah. when uh, it was when Enrico steps aside and asks Catalina why she's trying to kill you after like six encounters. <laughs> like she keeps showing up to kill you and he goes, I just have one question. Why are you doing this? And it stops everything. It's like yeah. the, the monkey that gets asked why, or asked why they're blowing up the moon in Mr. Show. And it's just like controversy. <laughs> like, they replace him with a monkey who couldn't talk Yeah, to, to, to dodge the controversy. But like, it's just very funny that no one thought to ask this pirate why she was hounding you yeah. over the course of a decade. Is this a problem we can solve? Let's, yeah. let's get down to brass tacks. <laughs> Like, why do i keep just putting you in a sack and snoozing you? <laughs> i'm gonna snooze you for a year in a yeah, sack just because just we can put, put, put a blanket over your cage it's nighttime now catalina yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> super fucking weird yeah oh geez uh but uh enrico's solid uh is a good uh good bookkeeper uh for mm-hmm. you here uh the first ship that you get that you're set up with sucks uh there's yeah. the caravella latina 
uh, extremely small mm-hmm. cargo hold, basically no crew capacity. You want to sell this thing like right away. Yeah. Uh, you can name your ships, but you mm-hmm. only have five characters. That is wild to me. That's so funny. It, it ended up meaning like eventually I had so many ships that I got lost interest in this. Like I love yeah. doing this kind of thing in video games, mm-hmm. but because it's only five characters, everything was like the Thork and the Darg <laughs> and stuff. Like I just named them Tim and Eric names. Yeah. <laughs> it was very fun to me. No, like um, I just, uh, any ship that I didn't care about, I just called a, because I was just going to yeah. sell it. Any ship that I had, it was John A, John A through I think G by the end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the SS Chorg. <laughs> um, our other little plot beat is as we're sailing away, we discover a stowaway who won't tell you uh, his name. Mm-hmm. So Jao calls him uh, Domingo Manana, mm-hmm. and uh, he becomes the navigator. So we have our crew positions filled. Yes. Uh, so because Jao is an explorer. Um, our, uh, plot will only progress as we advance that kind of fame. Uh, mm-hmm. so we need to get money initially. Like they give you a little rundown, like they even say like, oh, if you buy, if you, if you, if you buy the granite here, you can sell it in Seville for X, Y, Z and, you know, buy stuff there. They explain, you know, two and three point trade routes that you can do, but you want to get mm-hmm. enough money to buy a better ship and fund your explorations outside of Europe. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you're also going to be searching for villages, as we mentioned, yeah. uh, which you can turn in at Bordeaux uh, and get a big cash reward. It was an initial investment, uh, but you want to go to Mercator and get that uh, cartographer skill because all the exploration you do before that is just wasted. Yes. Yeah. You want to be able yeah. to sell that sweet, sweet map data. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and at yeah. this point, like you want to get yourself kind of set up, uh, you can head, head on down. One of the main trade routes that people talk about is the Athens to Istanbul route. You buy art in Athens, you take it over to Istanbul, sell it there, buy carpet and bring it back to Athens. This is made a little bit more, um, profitable when you can buy tax, tax free, um, permits for both Istanbul Mm -hmm. and then for, uh, for Portugal convert Athens to be allied with you. And you pay no tax when you buy stuff that will let you juice it. Um, crazy, crazy fast that particular route. Uh, you can, you can also invest in, uh, West African ports to get gold. Uh, that's a good Mm -hmm. one. Also, you can do like exploration. Like you can head down the Nile, uh, and get a lot of discoveries down there. Yeah. Find feathered serpents and crocodiles. (laughs) Yep. You know, um yeah and this is just the meat of the game like all the stuff we just talked about is what you're doing yeah we're going to talk about these incidents that happen yeah uh, along the way that are the plot but like 90 percent of it is everything we already covered yes so um after you get a certain amount of fame rocco will say that the uh, prince of portugal has gone missing uh turns out this is domingo yep uh and your father is being uh framed for this um and to make matters worse domingo is kidnapped by a pirate con so we have to challenge to a fight, uh, challenge this guy to a fight in the bar. Yeah, um, this is designed to be a very difficult fight. Winning is really good because the experience differential between the two of you is really high. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can get a lot of combat experience for doing yeah. this, but it is a difficult fight. I love that it doesn't matter if you if you win at this, mm-hmm. you know, because you you know as Zhao, you don't really have a lot of incentive to go and do a lot of fighting right no that's just not a system that you're engaging with so the fact that they don't stick you with a with a game ending fight um at this point is a good and kind decision that i would not have expected from a game this crunchy yeah uh regardless of what happens catalina pops in and <laughs> she beats him for you if you can't beat him mm-hmm. uh and then it's like oh this was a mistake um i beat him 
you know, but he was killing you and I have sworn vengeance against your family for the death of my brother. Yes. So, uh oh. And nobody yep. thinks to ask her why or say, no, that wasn't me. It's going to be like, <laughs> you know, yeah, seven the, hours later. Yeah, it's going to be the, you know, the majority of Zhao's campaign is going to be being harassed by her. Um, so you can go back to your, uh, <laughs> go back to your house. Uh, Cobb will appear for a rematch. Um, and after this one, it becomes clear that all of this is some kind of just plot, um, by Mm -hmm. somebody in the court named Martinez. He has, uh, he has it out for your father, but also there's a broader political intrigue that is only like just given an exposition later that like Portugal is modernizing and Martinez is conservative and he wants to basically just be at war with everybody. Martinez is no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's real snidely. Yes. Like, if you look at him, he's a real mustache twirly. <laughs> so, having dealt with that, Catalina is still on the prowl. <laughs> uh, after you get a certain amount of fame, uh, you get rumors that she is looking for you. And this starts uh, an absurdly long series of, adve- of events where every time you walk into a building in a port, um, she comes after you. It, 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 mm-hmm. it It's funny for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but it keeps happening like yes. Rocco keeps stuffing her in her sack to snooze her right um and it's just weird like i don't i don't know mm-hmm. it's just weird yeah um, <laughs> you know <laughs> uh the idea here is this is a hint that you might have to gear up for a na- naval battle against her by getting a better ship mm-hmm. you know um you can get the uh, venetius uh venetian galus uh here is what the guides say to get and it's good mm-hmm and after a certain time, she'll actually attack you as you're leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, this so this is, is not, or please go ahead. Oh, the, like the, the, this is pretty neat because like she will come after you. You can, you can like, you can escape her, but she will just be waiting outside of whatever port you can get to. Yeah. Uh, if you want to avoid this, if you're not strong enough or you have preparations, you need to leave at night. Yes. You have to smuggle your way out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you want to win this. Uh, it's difficult. Her, mm-hmm. she's a battle character so doing the duel with her is difficult you want to have the best possible equipment yeah at this point um and she'll limp off and be like this isn't over and they're like what isn't over jesus <laughs> um <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. i'll yeah. get you 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 had me why <laughs> yeah you'll, you'll do what now what the fuck, man? um so later as you increase your fame uh one of the other playable characters ali uh, hails you down at a cafe 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 uh, ali at the cafe, cafe. <laughs> um and uh he has bad news uh for you lucia your childhood sweetheart who you haven't thought about in five hours is uh-huh. missing. uh-oh so yeah I, who who's missing now i'm doing trade routes she I gave just, me a th- you know, thousand gold which i just uh, discovered a naga like, <laughs> why, why why are you telling me this half of my face is gone because of a phoenix <laughs> yeah Please leave me alone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lucia is not the only girl who's uh, gone. Uh, there is also <laughs> uh, his sister. He uh, got separated from his sister many years ago when they were still young. Uh, he has heard of our exploration prowess. He wants to ask us like, hey, if you find my sister Safa, please bring her to Istanbul. Yes. So you check ports for mm-hmm. Safa. Uh, you ultimately find her in a cafe in Basra. Um, and she only has kind of vague memories of her brother. Right. Um, when you go back to Ali, something that would be later done with a cell phone or a carrier pigeon. Right. <laughs> uh, he's very overjoyed and provides information about Atlantis. And you're like, Atlantis? Wait a minute. <laughs> I was trying to do <laughs> you know, all these other things. Like, again, it's just real weird when the plot comes back. Uh, he had heard about someone on the African coast uh, of the Red Sea who might know more. Right. And this also might lead us to Lucia. 
right it's 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 funny how like they just imply that if you if you pursue one thing you might get the other like what does lucia have to do with with atlantis yes i i suppose it's true yeah okay. yes maybe that is true maybe i mean i have no reason to think it wouldn't be true but also yeah i also have no reason to believe it would yeah so uh, so the town that Ali is talking about is Masawa over in Ethiopia. Um, and there's a mm-hmm. special building here. It's like a little, uh, you know, like a little collector building where you meet the kind of the rulers here. You have Lord Tafali and then Makombe, um, who, mm-hmm. uh, say like, yeah, you know, you're, you're right. Our people here are descendants of the original Atlanteans, but like, <laughs> I'm real sorry. Uh, like gone. It's, it's gone. It sank like really famously it sank yeah <laughs> yeah it's real weird that uh masawa in this it's not quite like the gigantic robotic bird at the end of the last express but right. it does make me want video games to stop trying to do history a little bit like, it just, it's not, if you're not they're not good at it if you're not mec and if you're not broderman like yeah you're not you're not good at it yeah you know uh so their big concern right now is the fact that turkey is about to attack them Right. And they need an artifact called the Staff of Poseidon yep. to, to, beat, <laughs> to beat back their, their fleet. To control the tides, yes. Yeah, to control like the happens. tides through magic. Like happened yeah. in the in the famous battle. In the, in the famous famous battle, battle of the, it was recorded in history. <laughs> this, yeah, the former this. Atlanteans versus Turkey. Yeah. Using the Staff of Poseidon. So uh, back at Lisbon, Zhao <laughs> uses his mother to contract, uh, contact uh, Pietro Conti, the treasure mm-hmm. hunter, to search for the staff. Um, he'll do it for free, but it takes time. Right. Um, <laughs> he's so useless. Want to, he's worse than yeah, useless. He's, he's annoying, and <laughs> he's just going to find the thing for you. Um, and then, like, psych. Uh-huh. At the end, he'll be like, I didn't find it. Yeah. It's really uh, irritating. But you want to get ready for the end game here. Right. So you want to get uh, ready for a big final battle. Mm-hmm. So you're going to go build up your uh, build up your fleet. Uh, this is about when I started investing in... Uh, imports up in england in order to get uh in order to get the uh, uh the barge mm-hmm. you know they go full rigs but i went barge um mm-hmm. <laughs> uh pietro you know he can't find the staff before turkey attacks like you're just gonna have to go go uh wait something that is important for this if you're playing this in a modern setting where you're not turning the game off uh you're just kind of going with um with quick saves instead of loading loading saves mm-hmm. Uh, this only happens after you turn the game off and load a save from the main menu. You can wait for years, yeah. which is what I did <laughs> for, for this to happen. Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. but, but yeah, uh, Turkey attacks. It looks like Catalina is going to come along and make matters worse for you. Um, but, uh, she actually helps fight off, uh, one of the fleets to defend Masawa. You have to do this without the benefit of the staff of Poseidon. The staff of Poseidon was in you all along. Jow, it's your spine. It's your spine, <laughs> <Yes>. Jow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after the battle, uh, Pietro contacts you, tells you that he gave this, he couldn't find the staff, and then goes, psych, I could. <laughs> and it's just like, Pietro. Um, Lord uh, Tefeli, uh asks you, or thanks you for your help, uh, but doesn't give you actually very much information. The trail seems to have gone cold mm-hmm. at this point. It's a weird plot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Catalina shows up to try to fight you again, and this is where Enrico asks why. <laughs> um and she's just totally flabbergasted by this right and she goes oh because you did this and then enrico and pietro go oh no that couldn't have been john no <laughs> yeah, yeah they didn't have a fleet at the time that's not historically accurate that's before the nagas existed <laughs> this is the, this is the um, only time we're gonna care about that your parents died at yeah. a time when the franco family was not sailing a fleet 
So yeah. something. And she is just up. buys it because uh-huh. Zhao's friends would have no motivation to lie about this. <laughs> uh, you know, it's weird. Yes. Um, so then she leaves to go do to go fuck off and and investigate. Right. Uh, at this time, Enrico goes. You know what? Remember how I wanted to go to Zimpengu? Let's do it. Yeah. I don't. Uh, wh- I finally actually want to do it. Yeah. It's been fifteen years. Um. Can we do the thing I asked you to do? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know why they call Japan Zimpengu in this. I don't know either. I've got. I've got no yeah. no idea, and I meant to look that up so it did not sound dumb. Um, if that is yeah. an actual thing that Japan was ever called. Uh, but yeah, so it's like, Hey, can you take me there? Rocco says, Hey, take him to the port of Nagasaki. Uh, you actually cannot go to Nagasaki. There are no ports you can access in Japan prior to this point. There's just like yeah. a resupply port that you can do. Yeah. It's kind uh, of weird. Yeah. They just appear when the plot needs them. I think that might be a way to stop you from going and getting ridiculously powerful ships. Um, yes. be- because this game is made in Japan. Um, the, some of the best ships are built there. Yes. And that could be true. I don't know. Again, I don't read tall ships. I've, <laughs> I've, um, got, I've got no idea. Yeah. Uh, now you go back and forth between Japan a lot because, uh, you drop off Enrico, then he sends you a letter saying that's something you forgot to tell you. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, his studies have revealed something important when you go back he says, Hey, uh, Neo Atlantis mm. is something people are talking about now. Uh, and it's showing up in uh, near the South American River. Yeah. When we talk about going back and forth to Japan, I mean, I don't want to camp out on this, but you do spend a lot of time like, man, the Suez Canal, just being able to cut from the Medi- Mediterranean down to the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. That would be really useful here. Um, the Panama Canal. Like, basically, you spend a lot of time going around the tip of South America and Africa in this yeah. game. It's uh, It's how you spend way too much of your of your effort here so canals the canals they're good um yeah (laughs) so uh it says all right you can head down to the south american river so you can put your fleet together go and basically fuck around in cayenne at the mouth of the amazon river over there um Mm -hmm. if you have not already gone off the amazon to find discoveries you can do that here uh things are quiet for a while like this is another waiting period but eventually you learn about the scuffle over at one of the cafes over at the bar uh some pirates are here and they're holding lucia oh no oh Uh, those she's trying to escape those plot lines did cross this is like seinfeld yep my my loot girlfriend (laughs) um you go and uh you fight for her uh, mm-hmm. Catalina shows up to pick up the fight so you can escape because she likes you now. Yep. Um, Lucia explains uh, that she was being held upriver at Neo Atlantis. Yep. <laughs> uh, which is a floating fortress mm-hmm. built by the evil guy Martinez uh, yeah. in breach of the uh, the, the Treaty of Tordesillas. Tordesillas. Yes. Tordesillas, which grants the New World to Spain. Right. So floating fortress. Martinez. Yeah. Treaty. <laughs> like they, they 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 built it and they're using it to exploit the natives like that's a yes. that's a thing here they're doing what spain does and what portugal does um yes. <laughs> so he has gone rogue here and he wants to basically kind of do this soft coup uh catalina will join with you um say hey mm-hmm. uh it was martinez who killed my brother uh in a literal false flag operation i i believe that it was franco because he pretended to be the francos killing my yes. killing my brother and my fiance um and she will work with us and also work with her nemesis in her campaign she's being pursued by this commander ezekiel 
Um, Mm -hmm. she works with him to take Martinez out. Um, and each of these can, you know, a good number of these campaigns and in seeing one part of this final battle against Martinez's fleets, Zhao unsatisfyingly has to take out just kind of like two of these lieutenants, uh, whereas Mm -hmm. Catalina and Ezekiel go after him and the, um, uh, gosh, uh, the Neo Atlantis more directly. Martinez. Yes. Um, during this battle, when she's on your side, you can actually target her. Ooh. And uh, Rocco will be like, are you sure you want to do this? And if you say yes, you get a new name um, and you become like something like the, the coward Franco. Ooh. And all your stats go down to minimum. Oh, nice. As a weird little <laughs> Easter egg. Huh. I would not have thought no. to do that. No, I, I just read about it. I didn't I did not do that. Uh, not a monster. Yeah. Um, and there's no reason to do it. But it's, again, that kind of simulationist uh, PC DNA. It allows you to do it's, it. It's a little like stealing the uh, stealing the shovel or stealing the bow in Link's Awakening and being called Thief. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you you eventually, uh, you know, take this, take a, do this final battle. Um, when you sail back to Lisbon, uh, your father abdicates his position and allows you to become the prime minister of Portugal. Look at me. <laughs> yep. Cool. Yep. Uh, and that that's the end. Uh, this game does just kind of end. Yes. Uh, it can actually end. Um, there are, depending on the character, it can end sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not always a big climactic battle. Nope. Like the, the Explorer guy just ends when you feel like it. Like uh-huh. You've explored enough of the map. You go back and decide to turn in the game. Yeah. You know, which uh, like I dig that. Like there are six yeah. different campaigns. They have different goals. They have different weights, but they all engage with the systems differently and have different priorities. Like that is mm-hmm. a, that is a real cool way to set up a really systems heavy game like this. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's a, that's uncharted waters too. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, cool game has some like friction points that make it kind of a pain in the dick to play but mm-hmm. is still really noteworthy and blasted the part of my brain that was like, Oh, if I had stumbled upon this, you know, maybe not when I was like, you know, when it came out, yeah. but a little bit later, uh, I would have lost my mind. Like yeah. the same kid in me that was like eagerly explaining harvest moon yep. to other kids <laughs> in the playground and being like, no, no, no. Like you, you rate, you, you grow turnips uh-huh. and then, and then you sell them. And then like you buy turnip seeds in order to get more turnips. There's a mountain like, there where you yeah. can find fruit if you want. <laughs> yeah, that that part of me would have just like absolutely lost all of my shit for this. Yes, yeah. Uh, it is a cool game, and like I don't know, it's real fun to be far afield. You know, like mm-hmm. at the limits of your resources, worried that a storm is going to be coming down the way. Like a literal message that I sent to you in Slack was: be careful if you go around Canada, especially up the Hudson Bay, because there are no supply ports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like that yeah. was because like i was like oh i'm gonna find a port here am i no okay i'm gonna die cold and hung- i'm gonna die cold and hungry all right that sucks mm-hmm. but like that's a cool moment where you're just like hoping and waiting that you're going to see something as you are extremely far away from home in this game you know like yeah. there's a certain i don't know it's it's, it's hard to quantify that feeling because it, it really is just moving and seeing more stuff on a map but it is that kind of like joy and trepidation about exploration that is uh uh you know kind of rare i find not not a lot actually like triggers that for me in games well there's also that feeling too that like almost everybody like tons of cool games are inspired by this yes you know like you play this and you're like oh like sunless sea was probably inspired by this yeah you know um like a lot of game you know this was probably very formative yeah to a lot of people so it feels really fun from like a historical perspective as well mm-hmm. um yeah really neat game like 
out of the two that that David suggested to us, this one was definitely the neater of the two. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm glad we did Lords of Magic. I enjoyed Lords of Magic, mm-hmm. um, but this is more noteworthy to me. Yeah, and not just because of the platform. Like, even if this was just a PC game, I still think it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, um, I need a break <laughs> from this kind of thing um, for for the show. Like, I might poke at yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. But I'm actually really looking forward to diving into uh, Dragon Age 2 and just like literally letting the reinforcements wash over me, (laughs) Uh, you know, Uh, because, yeah, between retro shooters and crunchy uh, PC games. Yes. Been a little bit of a tear. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Any uh, any other final thoughts? No, no. Like this was this was a fun little game to escape to, to, you know, to escape to friction aside. Mm -hmm. It was like a nice warm blanket agreed um if you have anything to say about uncharted waters 2 marathon 2 or no one lives forever hit us up at uh contact at duckfeed.tv mm-hmm. uh or no duckfeed.tv no. slash contact yes um i'm tired uh by the 15th of november mm-hmm. if you have thoughts about december's games um right in by december 15th uh those games are dragon age 2 uh we've got two episodes about the main game we have one episode about the um about the dlcs um, and mm-hmm. then the bonus episode, uh, or yeah, the premium episode rather for that month, uh, is going to be Baldur's Gate, uh, Dark Alliance, the, um, yes. uh, console, uh, Diablo like, uh, that I'm very excited to jump, uh, to jump back into. I remember like, that's that going to feel a bit. like a, a warm mindless bath as well. Yes. Uh, which is gonna be really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, uh, our next episode is about marathon two. Um, that is a premium episode. So we're gonna be talking about the generalities and history. Uh, mm-hmm. of that game was actually pretty interesting yeah um you know boy does uh bungie think the idea of one alien race enslaving other alien races mm-hmm. to be the most confel- compelling thing that anyone has ever thought so they much said so they let's made... just make all our games about this <laughs> three like, whole big sprawling universes we're gonna yep. do the same story <laughs> We just think it's cool. Like <laughs> I just if, think if it's one. <laughs> yeah. If, if one alien race has a bunch of alien races as its slaves, uh-huh. that's literally the coolest thing I've ever thought of. My name is John Bungie. <laughs> uh, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing how much halo yeah. uh, stuff is in this. Um, but uh, the generalities will be for everyone. The whole episode uh, will be for patrons. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to become a patron, you go to patreon.com slash duck feed TV, yep. $5 a month. It gives you those full premium episodes and not just that one. It gives you all of them as well as entire bonus shows, um, episodes a week early, a bunch of shit. Yeah. Uh, it is a good time. I agree. Um, yeah. If it wasn't a good time, I, I don't know. I think we've designed it. So it would be a good, a good time. We do want it to be a good time. If yes. We if we can help it. Um, yeah. Uh, we have a new show on the network called Orb. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a episode by episode exploration of the Venture Brothers. Um, that is going strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, people like it. I think it's really fun to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I really would like people to listen to it. Yeah. Uh, if you go to orb.show, you can find that. And uh, please give it some love. Yeah. Get in on the ground floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, uh, last little bit of admin, um, a couple of people have reached out and asked about, uh, Duckstream this mm-hmm. year, uh, still going on. Um, I'm not sure what side of the new year it'll be on, mm-hmm. you know, last year we did it in January. We might do that again. Yep. Um, obviously it'll be a little different because of, uh, the global pandemic, Right. but we will be doing some version of that for the transactive gender center, mm-hmm. uh, or transactive gender project. Yes habits um and uh yeah we'll be making announcements of that after the election which is today so we don't want to worry about that stuff right now nope i just want to worry about literally everything that is going on in this country yeah we're just hoping you know 
that the really dumb, horrible thing doesn't happen. Yes. Again. Again, which, you know, yeah. 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 Oh, boy. Ugh. Oh, um, boy. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go Doom Scroll. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I recommend against it yeah um you know feel free but it's not gonna make you feel better buddy no no uh, so, it's salt water leftover brisket okay doesn't that sound like a little bit more appealing that does i don't have brisket. leftover brisket though i, I could get brisket, brisket but it wouldn't be, be leftover for goods and brisket like <laughs> it'll be leftover from something <laughs> i hope not <laughs> like, uh what should they watch out for uh they should the watch global fascism yeah, watch out for the rise of global fascism. 